0: You can listen to us on the the go. go. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack.
1: Hey, it's Judging and Rich. Sometimes after the show, we sit in the studio and we keep talking about stuff. And then we post it
2: online. We call it the Afterwards Podcast. I mean, Kyle, you came up with the name.
3: Well, it was kind of a team effort. No, it wasn't. Okay. You came up with the name. <laughs> okay, right, right, right. When you search for it, search after words. W-O-R-D-S. Not the other way. Now, once you find it, please subscribe, rate, and review.
4: A little bit of a warning. Sometimes afterwards can be a little N-S. FW. So, you know, earbuds. We talk about things we can't and shouldn't talk about on the real show. But this is as real
2: as it gets.
5: Afterwards, it's on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, or just go to our podcast page at johnjainrich.com.
2: Afterwards, W-O-R-D-S.
6: Wake your ass up, fool. John Jay and Rich. Go! go! What's crackin' like, and this is the big boss dog, Snoopy Deagle Double Jizzle. Bang, boom, what you gonna do? John 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 Rich. We're not talking about Ren 1010, we're not talking about Lassie. It's the one and only dog, y'all. The classy sassy, big Snoopy go Double Jizzle. In your face to be and in the place to be, and you're listening to John Jay and Rich. Wake your ass up. Happy Friday everybody uh, This Sunday is Mother's Day Happy
2: Mother's Day All right, Give your mother a kiss and I'll kick your teeth in Hey shut up, you're not my real mom You know you love the weekend Your mother was a hamster It's Mother's Day and your Rooney Vicks gonna... It's Jody and Rich it's Friday, man.
3: Finally, Oh,
2: huh? we made it. Oh, man. That's crazy. <laughs> Friday. Our phone number is 877-937-1047. I have some pretty big news. I, I knew this would happen. I knew this day would come. It's bittersweet because I'm excited about it, but I'm also not that. I'm kind of bummed, but I'm excited about it. At Unfug Feet has taken over as the... Most followers of everybody on this show.
7: <laughs> oh, <So> unbelievable! Weird. <laughs> Kyle has That's some of the most
2: beautiful feet you will see. People on the internet will say they she has the most beautiful feet. But we did a I knew and I knew yesterday's. I put a video up yesterday. I knew would take us there yesterday. It was we were at a hundred and ninety thousand followers. You say what do you what do you Almost see? At Almost at two
5: hundred thousand. Almost
2: at two hundred thousand followers. That's
5: insane. Because Kyle's
2: beautiful arches and soft soles. <laughs> this is
5: so
3: crazy.
2: How do you do it, Kyle? Is What's the nice secret?
3: She has no idea. I don't know. She's I clueless. Have no idea. She's
2: clueless at the gifts she has given the <laughs> internet.
7: They're beautiful,
2: and the comments that people leave are hilarious. Someday I just want to do. We should do a segment someday of people of reading the comments. That be the the passion and the love that people have for Kyle's souls are just unbelievable. <laughs> yes. and they're great. So if you can check it out at Unfug Feet, it's truly a gift. Almost two hundred thousand followers. <laughs> Insanity. <laughs> truly.
5: When's I going to get verified?
2: I know. That's the next step. That's the next step. Uh, Also, I had... uh, This is crazy because my sister, you know, she works in TV. She's pretty high up in the TV world. And she is doing a TV show with OnlyFans. OnlyFans. So because of that I had a connection with OnlyFans corporate people like the big wigs for cor-
3: Oh and you were like what's up with my account?
2: Yeah. Actually they <laughs> wanted to know what's up with my account so they set up a meeting with me. What? So I had a meeting with OnlyFans yesterday zoom with the two big wigs of OnlyFans which was hilarious. So and my sister happened to come down here for Mother's Day and my son's gra- high school graduation. So she, the zoom was set up with me but she jumped on the zoom. She actually mm-hmm. ran the zoom because I was like I'm not going to talk. <laughs> so we, we did the Zoom, and it's so funny because we sit there we talk about my the, the history behind my count, which is John Jay's feet. Right, And I explained to them what I'm doing and stuff. And and they pitched me an idea, which I will tell you guys about on Monday. Right, mm-hmm. So it's very exciting. But what's funny is I go, hey, look, here's the deal. I got this foot account for me, and it's called John J's Feet. And uh, <laughs> I can't post anything. I don't know why. I did everything I'm supposed to do. And the guy right in front of me on the Zoom has his laptop open. And he goes, oh, oh, looks like it's been flagged. For what already? And I'm like, I've done nothing. I can't post anything. He goes, he goes. That's strange. He goes, hold up. There, I cleared it now. Don't worry, no one can ever mess with your account anymore. I'm like, how is my account flagged? I haven't done anything. That just goes to show you. Imagine what's going on with my Instagram account. Man. You know
5: what I
3: mean? It's like more than a shadow ban. It's like a storm ban. Yeah. But do
2: they say... <laughs> I know what
5: it is. That's crazy. Do they say how it gets flagged? Like, did he say that there was someone reporting it or...
2: No, I didn't get... Because I didn't want to focus on the negative. Yeah. So I'm going to... Once I have a good relationship with him, and we've already talked a couple times since then uh, via email, I'm going to maybe a week or two go, hey, buddy, remember that day... But so I started posting foot content yesterday, and I already have. I, I put a, a special deal right now. It's a bundle, mm, a
7: just, bundle? In, just in time for a, Mother's Day. For, for, for Mother's Day, you can, follow,
2: you can subscribe to my OnlyFans for three dollars
7: a month. <laughs> oh, that is good. I know. I had a bundle. What else do
3: you get? With when your mom. That? I don't know. Go. There's a There's a thing on the
7: OnlyFans
2: page that says you can bundle and, and put a discount, and,
3: it, and you get a percentage
2: <laughs> off. Like the lowest you can do, you can charge. On OnlyFans is 4 dollars a month. And so I had it at the $4.99 a month. And then when you do the bundle, all of a sudden it came down, the percentage, whatever, it's $3 a month right now for 30 days. You can get on John Jay's feet for $3. A month. And I'm like, and people are like, messing, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. So I'm like, doing whatever. And my sister's like, all business. Here's what you need to do with John Jay's feet. And I'm like, Chill out.
7: <laughs>
2: so my son, my son was at uh, he was at this park yesterday, and he's doing these drills. Right, And he's running around, he's hopping on one foot, hopping on one, and he's sprinting, and I got my I'm on my OnlyFans. fans. I'm like taking off my foot, my shoe, my sock, massaging oh. <laughs> my foot. <laughs> in the park. and then I get all these messages. Oh, that was gosh. so great. You massaging your feet in the park while your son's working out. I'm like, thanks, man. Like I got like <laughs> that is
4: like a different galaxy. <laughs> yeah. It really is. That's okay. a whole different realm of reality.
3: Uh, and you're goodness. not like it's his. Is was it Kemp? Kemp was working yeah, out. Or yeah. Kemp's friends like, what is your dad doing? <laughs> no, they're were, they were far away.
2: They're far in the background. Oh, okay. They didn't, to anybody else. Anybody else? They, it, I make you look like. Do I have a splinter in my foot? What's wrong? You know what I mean? Oh, I'm filming. Like no one knows that I'm like massaging, going. Oh, it feels so good
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: for the mom that has everything. <laughs> no, mostly for guys, I think. I'm pretty sure my following is guys. Have mm. you
5: promoted it on your Snapchat? Because that's where you have your I all tried. your followers. I yeah. tried
2: to do it on my Snapchat. I'm, I, just, I was so everything was so quick yesterday. I haven't been able to focus and really promote <laughs> my OnlyFans, my, my foot only fans. your
3: whirlwind account.
2: Wait till Monday. Something else going on on Monday.
3: <laughs> There's more. Is it- John
2: Jay's booty. No, I'm just I kidding.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> You can't do that in the park. <laughs> just kidding.
3: I mean, it could. I mean, this might get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: all right, I want to get into so TV because I watched more Warrior yesterday, but I'm missing out on Selena because we were very obsessed with Selena. And Suzette came in all in Selena, Selena mode today. Selena t-shirt, Selena lipstick. <laughs> oh, yeah. You look like little Selena today. <laughs>
5: so inspired by Selena's right now. You, you watched it, right, Kyle? No. No, you didn't watch the first? No. I thought you watched the first season. What? I watched the
2: first season in one day. Oh, I can't wait uh. for you to
5: watch the second season. I don't want to overhype it too much, but it's way better than the first season. Cuz the first season was kind of setting everything up. You got to see how she grew up and everything, but in the second season, you see like she's already she's already famous and she's already doing everything like her boutique, music, they're offering her to go solo without her her band so she can do an English record. So you you see more of like things that we didn't really, like, get to see in the movie mm-hmm. with J-Lo. Like, there's a part where Beyonce and her run into each other at the mall, and this is the scene.
7: Who are you looking at? Who's that? Selena. Selena? Who's Selena? I said, who's Selena? I'm singer. Be quiet. You're a singer, too. Tell her. Oh, my. Hi. Hey. Beyonce no
5: better learn not to be afraid of people if you ever want to be famous, too. Now come on. So that's her mom, Tina Knowles, talking to a younger Beyonce that sees Selena leaving the mall. And it's like, what?
2: And we know that really happened.
5: Well, Beyonce talks about it. I did actually meet Selena in the Galleria Mall
8: in Houston, but I didn't say much to to Selena because I wasn't a celebrity and I just saw her and said hello and, and kept it moving. Definitely
5: growing up in Texas, I heard her on the radio and I think listening to
9: her album, even though I didn't know exactly what she was singing, it helped me in the studio with my pronunciation.
2: That's crazy. Yes, mm-hmm.
9: I know. That's yeah. That's crazy. And that I
3: interview that. was, like, from 2017, and they asked about it and now everyone's, like, putting the two together, connecting the dots. They're like, my mind is blown. Yeah. But I'm glad that they put that in there, because I feel too. like it, like, Brought a little bit of hype to the show. And
5: I was wondering if they reached out to Beyonce to see if that was okay. You know, like if they... Because, I, I mean, it's Beyonce. I feel like I would have to ask her for permission mm-hmm. on everything, the casting and everything. But I was so happy to see that because I love Beyonce and I love Selena. <laughs> so I'm crying watching that scene. There's so many other scenes, too, that I'm not even... I'm not done. I have two episodes left and I'm already crying. So I can't even imagine how it's going to be at the end because we know, we know what happens.
3: Right.
7: Are there only two seasons? Yes.
3: Oh,
7: them. well,
2: yeah, because, yeah
3: well, I didn't know how long they're going to draw it out. I don't right.
5: know what they've I believe covered it's in a, either one of
2: them. I mm-hmm. believe it's too Because in the the end of season one is when they start showing them hire Yolanda. Yeah. And then, and, but the, I, I watch a lot of interviews with her sister who produced the show. And they're like, they're not going to try to not make it about her. No, yeah. Uh, yeah.
5: The, the the second season. The killer. The first, the, the beginning of the second season. It has nothing to do with her at all. And then I'm at the point where she's kind of coming. She's coming in. Because you can't
2: not leave her in it because she runs the boutique. She runs the fan, the whole fan site. Mm-hmm. And everything. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So real quick. Instagram account at Unfug Feet. Only fans. John Jay's Feet. <laughs> all about the Be- feet. <laughs> Beyonce is on uh, the storyline with Beyonce on Selena, which is on Netflix. John Jay and Rich.
0: Hey Atlanta! With summer around the corner, there's no time to wait for your healthy, pest-free lawn with True Green, America's number one lawn care company. True Green's science-based approach and local expertise will give your lawn the year-round care it needs to be thick and weed-free. Go to truegreen.com slash radio and save 50% on your first service. Just call 877-415-5296 or go to truegreen.com slash radio today and get a lawn to be proud of whatever you're funny peacock's got it exclusively stream classic sitcoms like the office parks and
9: recreation and two and a half met plus catch peacock original comedies like ap bio and stay by the bell for all your exclusive comedy phase go to peacock and get started that
10: number again is 877-937-1047 john
9: jay and rich
2: all right time to shoot your shot Carrie is going to join us, and there's somebody in her life she wants to take a chance. She wants to use our show. So good morning, Carrie. How are you?
9: Oh,
8: good morning. Hi. Oh, gosh, I love you guys. This is so great.
7: Thank
2: you. (laughs) So what we do with Shoot Your Shot is we're going to let you take over our radio show. We're going to give you 60 seconds to pitch somebody. We'll get them on the air, and we'll let you pitch them a concept, an idea, or something. Um, Who is it, by the way, that we're going to be shooting our shot with?
8: Uh well we're going to be calling my oldest son Austin and oh boy I hope I hope we can pull this off.
2: <laughs> we're we're calling him for what? Well, what are you trying to get from him?
8: Oh, oh, okay. Well, you hey, you're good. I'm sure you're a very good son and you know that Mother's Day is is coming up this Sunday, right? Mhm.
7: Mm-hmm.
8: Okay. Well, I have three kids. They're fantastic. Um my oldest two are boys and I also have a girl and I love them to pieces, and they go crazy for these holidays and stuff, and they really, really, really love Mother's Day for whatever reason. I don't even know. Um, Their dad and I got divorced when they were younger, and now they just just love to spoil me on Mother's Day because they finally have some appreciation for what it was like for me being a single mom, so I mean, I cannot complain about them. I'm so grateful for them and their love. And they always want to plan these big activities for Mother's Day. And this year, just because of the craziness of the year and and just how it's been, I'd really, really, really like to stay home this year.
3: (laughs) Oh, so you want to basically say whatever plans you have, please cancel them or change them so that you can just be home?
8: I know. I mean, I'd love to see them, of course, but I mean, I just don't, I just don't have the umph. I, I don't know what, you know, I've, for whatever reason, I just feel like the perfect look. It's my day, right? Mm-hmm. I just do what I want to do. But last year we went on a scavenger hunt in the neighborhood. Um, that was fun. My neighbors still talk about it sometimes. Um, and last no, year before that, we went on a hike. It was all uphill. It was really hard. <laughs> How for could it me. all
4: be uphill? You had to come down at some point. <laughs> <laughs>
8: it's exhausting. <laughs> so
11: they
4: chopped down.
8: You're right. Most of it was uphill. I did not have the best shoes. Um, it's just, you know, it, hey, their hearts are in the right place. Don't get me wrong. I just, oh, and then we always go to brunch. We always go to some fabulous brunch and eat way too much. And then, you know, spend the rest of the day full and exhausted. And I love I love spending time with them. But the best gift for me this year and what I would just love is to be able to stay home, hang out, watch some Netflix, maybe play a game, and take a nap.
3: <laughs>
5: that sounds glorious. Yeah, that does. I don't think they'll have a problem with that unless they do have something big already planned for you. (laughs) Like
3: that they already paid for. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh,
5: (laughs) Skydiving.
2: It's like if you hear, you're almost afraid when she calls him. Well, mom, I'm sorry, but we got blah, 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 blah planned. And she's like, you get this anxiety. Like for me as an introvert and someone who doesn't want to do a lot of stuff, Mm -hmm.
7: Mm -hmm. knowing
2: that somebody that you're connected to has all these plans for you is like, oh, I right? It's almost awful. like we want to give you the Mother's Day gift, Carrie. Well, we're going to come in and swoop you away Saturday night and yeah. take you away <laughs> to an here. undisclosed location to to massages and Netflix, and we won't tell your family where you are until Monday morning so you can miss all their activities.
8: <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Well, yeah, one year they did send me to a spa, FYI. That was another day where I also broke out. So, you know, I
7: just, this year I
8: was just really like, a simple, you know, stay-at-home Mother's Day with with the kids and just relax. I I just think that would be heaven for me.
4: They so. may be relieved too. You know, they may just want True. to hang out with you
2: as well. What if they are gonna be like? No, we're, <laughs> we we got we're all getting matching tattoos. <laughs> then we're gonna go buy a car, stay in the lobby, and fill out paperwork for hours. <laughs>
7: going no, be a lot of fun. No, no.
8: I, I don't want to hurt them. Of course. I mean, it's so sweet. They're so darling. I I just. This year I, I just this is I'm not feeling it. <laughs>
2: okay. So we're gonna get your oldest son Austin on the line. He's the leader of of your kids. He's the one that makes all the decisions. Like he's he's he can handle it all, right? He speaks for everyone.
8: Yeah, he does he does this. He makes the plans and they all just top to it. Yeah.
2: What if much. he's like, but I've got a date set up, I'm I'm reconnecting you and Dad.
8: Oh, that would be weird. Oh. <laughs> Oh
7: dear! Uh, I just felt your heart mark. drop. I know.
2: <laughs> We've always Not wanted sure. you and Dad to get back together. We've got it all set up. Oh. Mom,
7: that would be terrifying.
8: They oh, know way so too sad. much. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear!
2: All right, Carrie, hold on. We'll get him on. We'll get him on the phone. We'll, and so the way it works, we're going to get him on the phone. and You got sixty seconds to shoot your shot. Okay, so we're going to do that next oh. with John Jay and Rich.
7: Okay. Nip oh, it, okay. Nip it, Carrie.
2: Okay. Nip it. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> oh,
7: my okay. gosh. Happy
2: Mother's Day. Rich.
10: <laughs> <Next. laughs> All
2: right, we're in the middle of Shoot Your Shot. We got Carrie on the line. Uh, she's a mom, and Mother's Day is Sunday. And here's her situation, which probably a lot of moms can relate to. She's really nervous about what her kids have planned for her on Sunday for Mother's Day because they're a very active family. They do a lot of stuff. Last year, hike, scavenger hunt. In the years past, they've always done a lot of stuff. And this year... She just wants to relax. She wants to stay at home, watch Netflix, mm-hmm. right? She just wants yeah. to chill, chill. But get not her Netflix card and chill.
7: Yeah, <laughs> just with her kids she at was,
2: home. Netflix and <laughs> chill. <is like>, wow.
7: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we're gonna call Carrie's oldest son, Austin, and we're gonna give her sixty seconds to just say, "I love you, but can we just just relax?"
8: Mm-hmm. Right, Carrie? Yes, yeah, that sounds good. That really sounds good.
2: All right, so we're gonna get Austin on the phone, and when we get Austin on the phone, you know, sometimes we tell people who it is, right? We're yeah. gonna, we'll tell him. we say, hey, we got your mom on the phone. Oh, okay. Right, okay, so okay. We'll, so you hold on, let, it, let us get him on the phone and set him up and explain to him what's going on, and then we will give you 60 seconds. Austin?
7: <laughs> no, just, just <laughs> Hello? Hello,
5: is Austin available? <laughs> Oh, yeah, this is he. <laughs> hey, Austin, this is a John J. Rich show calling. How are you?
12: Oh, I'm, I'm good. How are you all doing?
5: We're good. We want to talk to you on the radio, but we need your permission first. Is that okay?
12: Uh, sure. Yeah, let's do it.
2: <laughs> Austin, on Sunday is Mother's Day. Are you all ready for Mother's Day?
12: Oh, I'm prepared.
2: Okay, don't don't tell me anything as far as what you got prepared, because let me tell you what's going on on our show. We have a thing called Shoot Your Shot, Shoot your shot. This is where we give somebody sixty seconds to take over our airwaves, and they get to try to talk somebody into something, or they get to ask for something. A lot of times, it's used for a guy asking a girl out, or a girl asking a guy out. You know that kind of stuff. They, you know, you, they get to shoot their shot. You, you know the phrase, right?
12: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. So somebody wants to take sixty seconds and shoot their shot with you, but uh,
12: not. Uh, wow. Okay.
2: But it's not romantic. Oh. Okay. Okay, so today, Shoot Your Shot is Mother's Day related. It's actually your mother. Your mother is on the phone, and she wanted to ask you something over our airwaves. Really? Yes. Your mother can. Okay, sure. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to bring her up. We're going to connect you two. Well, you guys can say hi, and then we're going to start a timer, and we're going to give her 60 seconds to ask you something, and you just be open and listen to what she has to say. Sound good? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna bring her up right now. Carrie, are you there?
8: I'm here. I'm uh, here. Okay,
2: so say hi to Austin. Don't don't start yet, but just say hi, and then we'll we'll let you know when hi. the timer.
8: Hi, hi, sweetheart. Hi, my darling, my firstborn. Hi, <laughs> love, sweetheart.
12: <laughs> <laughs> uh, hi, mom. <laughs>
8: How are you doing?
12: I'm good. I'm good. How are you?
8: good oh i'm good i'm i'm good i uh, don't no I, no I, don't start
2: yet hold on okay you ready we're we, we ready <laughs> for the timer are you ready carrie okay
8: oh oh god oh, okay. okay 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 i gotta be fast oh, no boy. you don't
2: have you have you have 60 seconds it's quite a long time actually so
8: oh okay
2: so hold on here we go we'll start the timer and you've got 60 seconds to shoot your shot with your son austin here we go carrie shoot your shot
8: Austin, i know i know you know that mother's day is coming up on sunday and i know that you and your siblings have probably planned something amazing because you always do and i just have to start off telling you this that well you know i love you guys so much and and i i couldn't have better children you're all just amazing and make me so proud you guys are just so thoughtful and caring and giving and the reason I'm doing shoot my shot is because I really I need to tell you something. This year, um, I just I just need you to understand and and please talk to your brother and sister about this. Because for this year on Mother's Day, can can we please just stay home?
12: Oh my gosh, mom, um, you seriously just couldn't have done this like you know by yourself in Texas? Just...
8: Mm-hmm. I didn't think so. I't I, you guys I, know I, love much, you. I
7: love you I love you I love you
8: i know how much fun you guys have planning these things and and you love setting this stuff up to surprise me and I know it's just because you appreciate me and I know that. I uh, believe me, I get it. I just didn't know how to tell you without hurting your feelings,
12: oh mom, you know, our feelings wouldn't be hurt your day. you know it's all about you anyway, uh, but I mean, does this mean you like, is this like some of the surprises and the stuff we've done for you? Have you not like enjoy all the stuff we've done for Mother's Day?
8: No, 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 no. That is not what I'm saying at all. I, I have loved every single Mother's Day. I, I just really because you want to spend time with me, and that means more to me than anything. And but this year, it's been such a crazy year. It's been crazy for everybody. I, I would really just just love to stay in the house and relax and, and have a Sunday in. And, and
2: 60 just- seconds are up, Carrie. <laughs> 60 <laughs> seconds are up. Hold on.
12: Austin? Well, I mean, what about, I, I mean, I get my mom, Mom, I get you, we get you plants every year. I mean, just, do you not we like mean, those either? Should we stop doing the plant uh, thing?
8: No, no, I love the plants. I love the, that. I've got plants all over. It, it's just, okay, you guys always get me one that I have to plant myself. I mean, <laughs> come on! You guys could at least build me a damn garden or something or help me.
12: <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I hear you on that one. I hear you. Could how about let's let's just this year let's just make some breakfast in the house and like hang out. How about that?
8: Oh my gosh, that would be heaven! Really, that's perfect, sweetie. That's exactly what I had in mind. I, do you hate me? I mean, <laughs> this is so wonderful. I would just be so happy if we could do that. <laughs>
12: No, hey, like I said, it's your day, Mom. We'll we'll, we'll make it special even at our own home.
8: Oh.
2: Carrie, do you want to yeah. see your kids on Mother's Day?
8: Of course, no. Okay, just I making sure. <laughs> I want to day together. I just don't want to have to dress up and, and you know, go yeah. out and be the people. Mm, that's fair. I feel that. Okay. To be with my kids, that's the ultimate. So feel.
2: just to let you know what they did have planned for you, if you don't mind, Austin. Uh, I think early morning they were going quad racing, then you guys were going what? zip lining, and then quail hunting.
7: <laughs>
8: no! <laughs> well.
2: All that was set yep. up that day, so if you, don't, you want to cancel all that stuff, or well, we can give it away to Color 14.
7: <laughs>
8: oh God. Rotator cuff could never take the zip lining. That would have been a nightmare for me. <laughs> no way.
2: <laughs> all right, so it's a done deal, Carrie. They agreed, or Austin
12: agreed. Yeah. Uh, awesome. yeah, I'll talk. I'll talk to the other two. I'm sure. I'm. I'm. I'm sure it's all good. <laughs> we'll still have uh, a good time for sure. We'll do a pajama party. How about that? Aww.
8: I
7: love that idea too. Aww. Oh,
8: I feel so much, so much relief. Thank you. Thank you, guys, so much. I, I needed the help. I really did. <laughs> You've got Awesome kids. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Happy Mother's Thank Day.
2: Thank you. It
8: will be. It will be.
2: All right. We'll talk to you guys some other time. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening.
8: Thank, hey, thank you.
12: you so much. Uh, yeah. Mom, I'll see you someday. Thanks, <laughs>
2: hey, sweetie. I love you. Yeah, shoot your shot. Bye. John, love Jay, you. and Rich.
9: John, Jay, and Rich.
2: All right. We're going to do a little horoscopes. Mm-hmm. Suzette, what's the vibe?
5: So this is who makes a great mom according to your horoscope sign. Ranked from the best to the worst. Number one being the best and 12 being the worst.
7: All
2: right. Let's go to November.
8: Well, good morning. Good morning, good
5: morning. November. <laughs> All right. So, for Taurus, November, you are number five on the list. Taurus moms are incredibly patient. So they're real. They're down to earth. They can also be stubborn, which can lead to some issues with the kiddos, but they make sure that their kids have an appreciation for beauty and nature.
7: Yeah.
8: I, yeah. Okay. That's good. I hope I'm a good mom. <laughs> so <laughs> this five, was that's good. Top you, five.
2: you were doing November as a Taurus mother. Yes. Oh, interesting. Because that's my mom was a Taurus. Oh, so awesome. you were reading my mom as well.
5: Yeah. That mm. so, was your mom Aww. stubborn.
2: I don't know. Just do whatever she said. <laughs> That's, right. That's, right. That's yeah. my sister.
3: Do it. Do what we say. There you go. She's the same. Like when you say they, she like wants to let her kids appreciate nature. Like yeah. my sister's always taking her kid like paddleboarding or hiking or they're going on some travel adventure. That's awesome. Uh, like Literally my mom, like she
2: would say, "Sit in front of the TV, watch Sesame Street." <laughs>
7: Nature. Mm. Nature. I'm gonna go do your paper route. <laughs> watch <laughs> this guy
2: Bob Ross paint. I think he's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why well, I go deliver the newspaper.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, November. Have a great weekend, Shanae. 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 I'm Shanae.
5: I'm oh my! <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Shanae. all right Gemini so you are top three you are number three on the list of great moms Gemini moms just know how to talk to their kids about anything they don't hide any secrets from them one of the things that makes (laughs) that makes a Gemini a great mom um, is her ability to understand her kids regardless of their gender or their age they also give the best parties and the best play dates for their kiddos (laughs)
8: <laughs> that's what i'm talking about because <laughs> we can we can i told
6: you we can party with the best of them we can hang
8: and that's true <laughs>
6: okay <laughs> i like that Yeah, my son is 23 now so you know that's all out the window but yeah
5: oh happy mother's day
9: well, happy Mother's Day to you and Kyle. Thank
2: <laughs> you. All right, Shanae. Have a great weekend. Yes. Happy Mother's Day.
9: All right. All right. Thanks.
2: Bye-bye.
12: Selinas. Hi, guys. Good morning. morning.
5: Good morning. All right, Selena. So for Scorpio, Scorpio is actually number 10 on the list for best moms. Scorpio moms are intensely intuitive and usually know what's going on with their children before the child even knows what's going on with them. Scorpio moms are big on loyalty, honesty, and protection, but can definitely be overprotective with their kids.
12: Yeah, that's true for my mom. She's a Scorpio, so Mm -hmm. too overprotective.
5: My mom, too. We were like, I think my husband and I, this was a while ago, we were playing around, and he playfully, like, pinched me, like, it wasn't hard. But I made a deal. I was like, ah, he pinched me. <laughs> Ooh, he my mom was there. She went off about it. I was like, "Mom, it's not, it's not that bad." I'm kidding. And uh, she
2: came in the room with a broom.
5: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Salte.
7: <laughs>
2: All right, Selena. Have a great weekend. Riley Aquarius 7th grade. Hello.
5: Hi. Hi. Hi Riley. All right so for Aquarius this sign is actually 11 on the list for best moms. Aquarian moms are all about being true to themselves. They they're all about encouraging imagination. Um however, they will have a little bit of patience for ma- meltdowns or any kind of emotional display. That's why they're such they're they're low on on this list.
8: Yeah. God, I can't tell you how many times I've tried to deal with my friends having mental breakdowns, and <laughs> oh. I just can't.
5: <laughs> <laughs> You're
8: like, get it together.
5: Tough love. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's fascinating. The different life boys and girls have. She's in seventh grade and she's dealing with her friends having mental breaks out <laughs> breakdowns. You know being I mean? In seventh grade.
5: And boys don't yeah. even think about it. Boys
2: aren't just, just let's play NBA two K. Just play video games. Yeah. yeah.
7: That's
2: so fascinating. We're not mental enough to have breakdowns. Exactly.
7: <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, Riley, have a good weekend. You too. All right, Diana the Leo, truck driver. Where are you at today, Diana?
8: I am on the 610 in Houston, Texas. Oh, wow.
2: Okay. All right. The 610, wait, that's the 610 loop.
8: Yes, 610 loop, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got to come home. We're actually, we came home for a few days. We bought a new boat, and we're moving into it, so...
4: You're going to live on a boat and a truck. You are a rock star.
8: Yeah, well, we were actually living on a boat before, and now we've bought a new boat. So we're actually moving from one to another. So, yes, yeah, so I'm actually we'll go from a boat to a truck. So, yeah.
2: Did you hear what she said? She goes, you are. So what, what? where are you again?
8: We are on the 610 loop in Houston, oh. Texas.
2: Okay, so when I lived in Houston and I was on the radio, I'd say, hey, uh, on the 610 loop. And the, uh-huh. the guy calls me and the boss calls me and says, you don't say it like that. In Houston, you say, you say 610. You don't say the 610. No, That's how <laughs> anal these people, what my bosses were with me.
7: I'm like, what do you mean? Like if, you're all,
2: if I'm on the 10 freeway, I say I'm on the 10 freeway. You know? and yeah, that, exactly.
7: That's what yeah. you say
2: in that part of the country. Uh-huh. Here you say 610. I'm on 610 loop. And I was like, "What?
7: Oh, there's so much to think about. <laughs> oh,
2: so crazy. Yeah. So it was so miserable. <laughs> but anyway, so she's a little...
7: yeah. The traffic here is awful.
8: So right, the buying, worst. You it's know,
2: the worst.
5: We're
8: daring. Yeah.
5: Okay, well, these are, this is like the best moms and the worst moms. One being the best, 12 being the worst. And for Leos, you are number 12 on the oh. list. Of course, she's never home. Uh, well,
4: <laughs> she's got a boat. She can't be that bad.
8: She's got a boat. Oh. Of course, I don't agree with you, but my my daughter probably.
7: Your <laughs> oh, no. daughter, what's her name? <laughs>
5: <laughs> it says that they do enjoy playing with their kids, and they give them generous gifts However, Leo Moms can be a little self-centered, thinking their children as an extension of herself and not as their own person.
8: Mm, mm, That's mm. why. Well, you know, she thought I was a little hard on her sometimes, but Mm. you know.
7: As moms,
2: we have to do that. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah.
5: Yeah. I was
8: wondering what was number twelve. Leo. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's me. <laughs> All right, Diana. You have a great day. Yes, Where's Libra you. falling? Where's Libra falling?
5: Libra is actually number six in the list. Great moms uh, because they're so balanced and peaceful. It says that most Libra moms would rather be a friend than a parent, though. That's why they're right in the middle.
2: Okay. Not what about this you? One. You as a future mom.
5: Uh, Number four on the list. It says Capricorns will fight to the death for their kids. They're fiercely loyal and always stand up for them. Uh, But we might be a little too hard trying to show our kids good work ethic and teaching them discipline.
2: Speaking of fighting for the death, uh, till the death of your kids, you see they released the trailer for A Quiet Place 2. The final trailer.
5: Looks so
7: good.
2: And Dutch, my youngest, has seen it. And you remember how the kid, the four-year-old, gets taken out at the very beginning? Mm -hmm. Right? And so they show the scene... I haven't seen Quiet Place, but I know he's playing with a toy that makes a lot of noise, and the monster eats him right in front of his parents. And in the trailer, they zoom... I think it's a prequel. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh So they show John Krasinski in the store, and they zoom in on the toy that... The kid's uh, playing with uh, in the first movie that it gets eaten. The monster eats his kid.
5: Oh man.
2: And with not even seeing it, and when I see the trailer, it gives me goosebumps.
5: You need to watch that's a no, really good movie. Hell no I'm not to watch not that scary. movie. It's not, scary. it's not
4: scary as much as it is like, what would you do? Yeah.
5: Kind of,
13: right? Yeah, yeah. It's not scary. Yeah. It's, it's really a
2: four-year-old kid gets eaten by a monster in front of his parents.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's I don't need scary. to see
3: that. <laughs> that's, that's not scary. <laughs> no, I said that's pretty yeah, scary. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty scary. <laughs> yeah.
13: Yeah.
2: Uh, anyway, Kyle, what's up the, By the way, if we need to get your horse What's up at Rich.com? What's up? You're working on for three things we need to know.
3: There's a new way to make money on Twitter. I'll tell you what you need to know next with John Jay and Rich.
2: Text us. We won't ghost you. Like that guy you matched with online and went out with once, and he said he
0: wanted to go out again but hasn't responded to your last four messages. <laughs> anyway, text JJR and your message to 96893. John Jay and Rich.
2: Kyle, what do we need to know?
3: Twitter is introducing a new feature called Tip Jar. Basically, it allows users to connect to various payment platforms. You got Venmo, PayPal, all of those. And when the new feature is enabled on a user's account, a little tip jar icon will appear next to the follow button. From there, you can send money to people. Twitter says it takes no percentage of any of the money sent to the new feature. Although not everyone will have the tip jar feature. Um, creators, journalists, experts, nonprofits, um, right now, have that feature or should, uh, more users will be given access to tip jar soon, they say. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon has had some bad press about, like, the treatment of their drivers, right? We heard they all have to, like, pee in bottles just to make mm-hmm. time because they're given such, like, strict time frames. Well, now they've given more rules to their contracted drivers according to a recent version of their policies amazon has now gone in depth on how the driver's personal grooming needs to be maintained um they say it's at an acceptable level which includes but is not limited to prevention of unpleasant breath or body odor modest perfume or cologne clean teeth face ears fingernails and hair additionally um they are monitoring their social media, so drivers are not allowed to post anything obscene on social media <laughs> and whatnot. So, I mean, I think... A I think it's okay to say you're going to people's houses. You need to be at least a little bit presentable. You don't mm-hmm. want to freak people out. But anymore, I feel like the Amazon delivery drivers—they just you don't really see them. You, mm-hmm. They drop it off, they ring your doorbell, mm-hmm. they leave. So it's kind of like you know really who talk. knows if they have unpleasant breath, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yeah. Who even knows but that?
2: Clean teeth and fingernails are okay. I don't think you can have your hair however you want and a beard and whatever.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's I think it's way too much. <laughs> I know it's so, it's too a little controlling. Uh huh. Everyone's like, now they're dictating everything? Yeah, that's a little crazy. I know. Um, So this will make a lot of people happy because I feel like every day you hear how bad it is to drink alcohol, right? Mm -hmm. Well... A recent study has shown having one alcoholic drink a day can actually reduce the risk of fatal heart disease. Mm
4: -hmm. That's good. Let's get started
3: this break. They said it can actually reduce the risk of dying from a major cardiovascular event by up to 20%. Wow. Now, I will have to repeat this, though, because it is only one alcoholic drink a day. It's not a bottle a day (laughs) of wine or anything like that. It's it's just one drink a day. I've been calling (laughs)
4: it. Medicine for years. Now it's
2: true.
3: Yeah, there you go, and that's three things you need to know.
2: and rich. Okay, stacks and hacks. When you call your mom, what do you call your mom? Mom. Ama. Ama. Mm,
5: mom.
2: Hey, I call my mom mom, ama, or ma.
7: Ma ma <laughs> ma ma.
2: Twelve <Ma>. <laughs> percent of adults use mommy. Ten percent use mother. Ten percent use mama. use ma. And then there's 3% of disrespectful punks who call their mom by their first name. Mm -mm
3: -mm. (laughs) You know what? It's funny because being around little friends, Easton hears them call me Miss Kyle. (laughs) So the last, like, I don't know, couple of weeks... We'll be outside. He'll be like, Miss Kyle. And I'm like, no. <laughs> you. Yeah. I worked too hard for that yeah. title. Yeah. You call me mama. Yeah, for you. <laughs> Miss Kyle.
2: <laughs> 8% of people in the new survey say they would never talk to their family again for the rest of their life if they could have perfect skin.
5: <laughs> oh, what That's so sad. That's, messed up. That's
2: one in 12 people.
5: <laughs>
2: An annual survey found that the number one excuse they can get you out of a speeding ticket is to say, I didn't know I was speeding. Telling them you have to go to the bathroom made uh, the top five.
5: Yeah, I got away with it.
2: There's a new social media trend where people are posting a photo showing their stomach before they eat a big meal and after.
3: Oh yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> I haven't crazy. seen that. But... It's crazy the difference.
2: <laughs> I've seen just myself. Just enjoy- I've never taken a picture, and I would never do that.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> a movie theater manager in Minnesota was busted selling cocaine from the concession stand. She literally put it in people's bags of popcorn. She's facing felony charges, could get up to 20 years in prison. A guy in Pennsylvania got caught with drugs after someone called the cops because he wouldn't stop shooting fireworks at his neighbor's house. So the neighbors called the police. This guy's shooting fireworks, and they go over there, and he's got meth. anonymous person left a $4,600 tip at a restaurant in Colorado. And two women from Oklahoma are trying to become the first mother-daughter team in the United States to reach the summit of Mount Everest. Here are the four times you might still have to wear a mask even after the pandemic ends. During flu season, which makes sense. If you're in a crowded place with a lot of people indoors, I'd probably do that too. And when new variants emerge and when you're traveling. I think if, from now on, if I get on a plane, I'm going to have a mask on. Yeah, yeah I don't think that's too. going away. I'd go without I don't want to breathe. I wanted oh, a mask well, before honestly, the pandemic hit.
3: They've talked about like the air filtration and what mm-hmm. they've done and the cleanliness in planes that they say, even those are a lot cleaner than a lot of the buildings you go into right well,
2: now. I, I, when I flew last time, I flew, it was, I was like, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's so clean. Mm-hmm. But still, some dude coughs.
3: I've always felt yeah. gross at an airport.
2: I know, I know. Always. Regular people are revealing why they got blocked by celebrities on social media. Like a person who got blocked by Dr. Phil for saying they wanted to run their teeth through his mustache.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's so bizarre. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs>
2: Chance the rapper blocked me after his latest album came out because I commented that his stuff was dookie. <laughs>
7: dookie.
2: I posted on Joel Olstein's Facebook that he was the best stand-up comedian of our generation.
7: <laughs>
2: <laughs> this person was This person goes. I was blocked by Kevin Hart because I typed pineapple one thousand seven hundred twenty-seven times.
5: Oh, that's just annoying.
2: Michael B. Jordan says his worst audition was for The Force Awakens. That'd be cool. I didn't know he was on that. Oh. Camila Cabello's Cinderella. I guess it's a movie. I didn't know she was making a movie, but it's skipping theaters going right to Amazon.
5: They've been teasing that for a long 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 time. Mm -hmm. Is
4: it
2: musical? It's going to be, I hope, if she's in it.
3: It better be. I think so. Yeah.
5: Steven
2: Seagal. The actor, Stephen Seagal, he tops Rolling Stone's list of the worst Saturday Night Live hosts of all time. The others on that list are Frank Zappa, Justin Bieber, Paris Hilton, and Chevy Chase. Oh, my gosh. Justin Bieber, it was in 2013, he hosted. They said that he had such a huge entourage that they couldn't get to him to go over ideas and stuff.
3: Did you see any of the previews for Elon Musk on SNL? That's I did. I did. Like, just judging by those, I'm not sure it's going to be that great. No. This
2: is the one where he's got the mask on. He's like...
0: Uh-huh. Hi, I'm Elon Musk, and I'm hosting SNL this week with musical guest Miley Cyrus. And I'm a wild card, so there's no telling what I might do. Same here. Rules, no thing.
5: It's also the Mother's Day show, so your moms are going to be here. Oh,
14: forget what I said.
4: Fine, we'll be good-ish. Oh,
2: dear. <laughs> <laughs> he
3: he may, be, may be able to shoot a rocket into space, but... Oh, dear. Uh, reading those be... cue cards.
2: What do you got for life hacks, Rich?
4: Oh, uh, so I am taking care of those of us who have not prepared for Mother's Day and you need something that cannot you don't need to ship it. Because now it's too late to ship things. So um, experts say a great hack is Cameo. Because your mom doesn't know about Cameo yet. So there's a ton of older celebrities that your parents will love. One of the big ones on there right now is Bon Jovi. If your mom grew up in the 80s, get Bon Jovi to say Happy Mother's Day to your mom and say her name. You are
2: Golden.
5: We did that with my husband last year for his mom. We yeah. got Sean Paul.
2: Yeah. And she oh, yeah. was
5: crying. She loved and, it. Remember, yeah. yeah.
2: I did that for Blake. I got her yeah. Michael Rappaport. Oh,
7: that's right.
5: So
2: you're
4: still good this year. No shipping required. And another one that I've used before, actually, it's called Gold Belly. And we'll put all, put all this up on our website at johnjanerich.com. So if your mom's not living in the same city she grew up in, you can get pretty much any food from any restaurant overnighted to your house for your mom like mcdonald's <laughs> if, if you don't what? have a mcdonald's in your city yeah gold belly it's like like kind of regional food if you go to a the city that you're from and they've got a regional thing they can get it to you within 24 hours packed in dry ice that's really cool and they also suggest stuff like MasterClass, that app if your mom's like the learning type and she wants to learn how to i don't know cook write a movie score uh learn how to act uh you know Plant a garden. The masterclass thing is a great app to get to. But all these are up at com. John Jay and Rich. What do
3: you
2: got, Kyle? What's going on in your team world?
3: Okay, so this may be an eye roll to some, but she explains herself. Kendall Jenner opened up about having some pretty crazy anxiety.
10: I've had times where I feel like I need to be rushed to the hospital because I'm, I think that like my heart's failing and I can't breathe and I need like someone to like help me. Sometimes I think I'm dying. Sometimes parts of my body will go numb. It can be really intense and scary. There is going to be those people that say like, oh, okay, what if she, have to worry about? What does she have to be anxious about? And I'll, I'll never sit here and say that I'm not fortunate. I know I live a very privileged lifestyle. I'm still a human being at the end of the day. And no matter what someone has or doesn't have, it doesn't mean that they don't have real life feelings and emotions. Very
3: true, Very mm-hmm. true. We know her sister Khloe Kardashian has lots of anxiety right now, especially because her baby daddy Tristan Thompson is sparking headlines once again for cheating. So his Fling or possible fling. Sydney Chase says she got Tristan Thompson's cease and desist letter and she's moving forward with the truth and choosing not to cease and desist. She will not be called a liar. She says it happened. Don't deny it. Do what you want. Tristan Thompson. So what happens if
5: it's true?
3: Then Chloe has to figure out if she wants to stay with someone who is clearly not faithful to her.
5: But like the cease and desist. Like what happens? Like do I see, don't know, do you know? Honestly Lawson. I
3: feel like that yeah. I truly feel like that was Tristan's way of going I'm going to fight it Don't worry I'm going to fight it But if it is true and it happened If she has the receipts mm, Like of the screwed. text messages
2: but if, Yeah you
3: can't do anything legally
2: If you're her and she's like I'm not going to cease and desist Okay what else She's already told the story What's she gonna, what, what else could she do Puff. I'm going to go tell it again
3: no, she's not going to do anything. She's just saying, saying, don't try to shut me down.
2: But, I mean, what I'm saying is, like, she told the story already. What else is there?
3: Post, like, post receipts if she has them. I, I know, but, like, mm-hmm.
2: okay, then what? She a it, reality it's like...
3: show that she's allegedly shopping?
2: But is that about him?
3: <laughs> no, I don't know. That's what I mean. Just, if you just, yeah.
2: just shut up and let her go, and then it'll <laughs> just fade away. And you got to mm-hmm. deal with your wife or whatever, girlfriend, whoever. Well,
3: that. there is another woman calling out a celebrity. Um, this one comes... <laughs> kind of right on the heels of, you know, that video of Ben Affleck reaching out to that girl because he was on the celebrity dating app, Raya. So apparently, Matthew Perry is on Raya as well and hit on a 19-year-old girl. And she posted, um, when Matthew Perry (laughs) matches with you as a joke on Raya and then starts playing 20 questions with you. She says, he asked her, am I as old as your dad? He's 51. She was 19. He also Asked this
7: Do you always play with your hand this
5: way? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess so,
3: y'all. Yeah. So she says she released the video because she wants to show how older men in Hollywood are taking advantage of younger women on dating apps. Now, Matthew Perry is engaged. Oh, so Ooh. that Uh-oh. could make things a little messy. Probably shouldn't be right on and well, dating app. Yeah. Okay,
2: so this there's so the many maybe. There's so many different levels to this because they, they were engaged, but I think that him and his fiancee were broken up for a month, mm. and that's when he was that's on the I dating said, the app.
3: Timing baby, right? Maybe a little.
2: But also, it's so lame when you watch the video because it's a dating app and they matched on the dating right. app. Right, so then the next step is you FaceTime. Mm -hmm. And so they're FaceTiming and she's throwing them under the bus because she's filming it from another phone. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they know what they're doing. It's Mm -hmm. so cold blooded actually when you think about it. Yeah, He's on this app where celebrities can go and be safe and Mm -hmm. date people. Right. So that's yeah. what he's doing. He's
5: trying to live his life.
2: Right. He's trying to live his life. He's so he's fifty one, but he matched with a nineteen year old. So then it's like that's part of the right. I'm assuming how you fill out your application. I'm looking for this age, I'm looking for this age, to yeah. each his own. So he's and not you doing have
3: to set your age group right. for sure.
2: And so, so she's throwing him under the bus. It's so Unfair. Now, she's deleted that video because she said she felt bad. But the video's now gone viral. It's so someone copied it and put it yes,
3: in. Once it's out there, you guys, once it's right. posted it online, it's out there forever. Mm-hmm. So, right.
2: It's, it's, don't you think it's kind of cold-blooded?
3: Yeah, it, it seemed a little like, to me, it was like, I, I didn't really see that as him taking advantage. Yeah, you're a lot younger, but then you also chose to match with him. like and FaceTime. Yeah, right. and FaceTime and take it there. And then you threw him under the bus. So, right. yeah, in this situation, I'm not really sure... She didn't really have any other example of how he was taking advantage
2: right, of her. So, now so I didn't really see she's it. She's probably getting attacked. She's like, Well, I was just trying to show mm-hmm. how Hollywood is is, you know, whatever, younger men, younger women. It's like, no, you're not. Right. Or
3: clout chasing.
2: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what she was
3: doing. Yeah. Now Matthew Perry will be a part of the Friends Reunion. And Courtney Cox told Ellen there's some iconic part of the show that looks like it was a blast, but really wasn't in those opening credits, them dancing in the fountain. We were in that fountain for a long time. I don't know who, somebody thought that would just be really fun. And let me tell you what happens. It's not fun to be dancing in the fountains for hours and hours. I, I remember Matthew Perry saying at one point, I can't remember a time that it wasn't in this fountain. <laughs> but it was like, Is that from like, your special? Literally, we were just like, how much longer are we going to pretend to love dancing? Oh, no, no. No. Oh. no, she was on oh, Ellen okay, yesterday. Okay.
2: We haven't seen anything from the special. No. Uh, we don't I kind of can't wait for the special, and I kind of don't want to see. The special. I know because you feel like it might be disappointing. <laughs> I, know, I know. You I know. like
3: have all these expectations for it. I think it's best to go in with no expectations. I know.
2: I, know. I hope it, and I also hope it's something totally different that we've never seen before. And I was like, wow, I can't believe they did that. No,
4: it's so going to be like after the rose on the Bachelor. It's going to be the not. same thing: clips, right. them talking, John, Jane, Rich,
12: me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film pip pip pi powder Donut <clears throat> Okay, what's my line?
14: Uh, the only line I see here on
3: the script is get options based on your budget with the Name and Price tool from Progressive
12: Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes <clears throat> Bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous
13: Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack.
1: See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter Recruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash offer. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash offer. John Jay and
9: Rich.
2: A karaoke company listed its top 20 karaoke songs. So I was going to go over some of them and then when I get to the top threes, see if you guys can nail them. That's the part 5,000 surprise you with.
3: Okay. That's funny because Sweetie just did an interview where she shared her favorite karaoke song. And I'm trying to remember what it was. It was Celine Dion something. Oh, really? Dion. Yeah.
4: Not Titanic? Did you go to
3: your uh-uh. Celine Dion concert yet? Did that happened. No, yet? got canceled. Oh, no, yeah. I didn't get rescheduled. I think that, that was scheduled
2: for like a Tuesday. Yeah, I'm out. Okay. <laughs> um, number 20 is uh, Garth Brooks, Friends in the Low Places. Number 19 is Under the Sea, Little Mermaid. Number 18 is This Is Me, The Greatest Showman. Oh, That'd be fun. That would be fun. <laughs> number 17 is A Whole New World, Aladdin. That's oh, fun. we love that
3: one. Great one.
2: Um, then you got uh, A Million Dreams, The Greatest Showman. That'd yes. be fun. Yes. Um,. Hakuna Matata, Lion King, Thunder from Imagine Dragons. I don't think that'd be fun to sing mm-hmm.
3: the whole time. Thunder. thunder. And a lightning. But you
4: really like to
2: sing
3: it. And a thunder. You just kind of talk it through. <laughs> yeah.
2: Watermelon Sugar is number 11. Okay. Then you've got Sweet Caroline. And then you've got uh, How Far I'll Go, Moana.
3: Oh. oh. Oh, I yes.
2: love that. No. Mm-hmm. Party in the USA, Miley Cyrus, uh-huh. Roar, Katy Perry, Yep. Shake It Off, Tater Swift mm-hmm. is number six. Number five is Shallow, Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper.
7: One.
2: Number four is Bohemian Rhapsody, McQueen. Mm-mm. Here's number three, and I have the top three music beds. See if you guys can sing along. Number three is Old Town Road, Lil Nas X. Ready, Rich, take it. I'm gonna. Well, to- I know you got to hear the music, Brad. Jesus, you ever done karaoke before?
4: <laughs> yes, but Billy Ray's that's right.
7: My God. <laughs>
4: I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't go no more. Gonna hit my car in four wheel drive. I'm gonna back it all
7: up. I, words, but that's pretty
3: good. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know the, I wouldn't even be past the first one. <laughs> oh,
2: Number two, best karaoke song according to this place. This is for you. No. Number two <laughs> is Dance Monkey, Tones and I.
3: Oh,
5: that's hard. How does that even go?
2: It goes, ooh, I see you, see you, see you every time.
5: Ooh, I see.
3: So karaoke without the words. Wait, 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 wait.
2: You know, I should have had the lyrics for you because I didn't get the lyrics. I I didn't get the lyrics because song number one, I knew I didn't need the lyrics because I knew Kyle would nail it out of the park.
3: That's a lot of pressure. It's
2: not a lot of pressure. The number one song for karaoke is Frozen.
3: Oh, yeah. Let it go. Let it go. Oh, my God. Now my mind is blank. (laughs) (laughs) Why does that happen? Why? What's the opening line?
2: Don't let them in. Don't let them see.
3: Be the good girl. You always have to be.
2: See? So here we go. Let
3: them in. Don't let them see. Be the good girl. You always have to be. Conceal. Don't feel. Don't let them (laughs) <laughs> let it go, let it go, turn away and sound the
7: door, I don't care what they're
3: going to do today,
7: Toilet. the storm
2: rage up.
3: Never bothered me anyway.
2: I can sing, huh? Yeah. Oh, you can yeah. sing, Elsa. girl. I've said that for years. That
7: I know. <laughs> that
3: was Elsa. <laughs> no. Whenever sing. we sing that at karaoke at my house, Daddy goes, no, Mom, let me do it.
7: No. <laughs> like, okay,
2: girl. Take it, it. Take it away, sister. Whatever you sing.
7: <laughs>
5: Stop. Don't do nothing. I like, oh, oh
2: That was incredible. <laughs> Don't Very nice. Silly. Very Don't nice. See, those are fun karaoke songs. We have a karaoke song. Let's do
3: that again. Yes. Remember? We with had the lyrics, a long time though. ago, Schwanding, with the lyrics. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I have a couple other things I want to play for you. Did you see this woman? I saw this yesterday on news Instagram accounts, and I was like, why are they showing this? But I didn't. You ever do that like you're out of place, but you don't have the volume on, so you yes. just kind of watch, scroll through your phone? Yeah. So you see the woman that set her house on fire and then watched and it, it burn? She just
3: sat there? Yeah. She took
2: a lawn it's chair, insane. got in the street, sat there, and watched her house burn.
3: I think What's someone was that? inside the house, too. <gasps> yeah. 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 Oh, that's evil.
2: She got arrested. Someone was inside the house. She sat in the chair. Now, this is a witness filming here wanting to know what the hell's going on.
10: Oh, my God. I actually can't believe this. And she's sitting there just chilling, watching the house go up in flames. People say we should have, like, went over there when we seen the flames, but I'm not messing with that lady. What if she tries to kill me? Get out of the house! It's on fire! Come on, hurry, grab your stuff! She was in shock. She didn't know, like, what was going on as soon as she came out. She was like, oh my God. So he, he just like grabbed her and then just started walking away from it. Her hair was actually singed, like in the front. I think she was actually trying to kill that lady. She put like things in front of the stairway and set that on fire so that lady couldn't go upstairs.
9: We actually consider them heroes. They actually were the first 911 callers and they were the very first ones to run across the street and help her.
3: Oh no. That's terrible. Right? Mm-hmm. Unbelievable.
2: Mm-hmm. What else was going to play for you? I had some other things. No, I can't. Do You want to sing some more? I'm just
7: kidding.
2: <laughs> yeah, something. Oh, I was telling you how Steven Seagal was the worst host of Saturday Night Live. Here he is, part of the So,
15: night. uh,
0: you're graduating this year? I might. Well, do you have any plans? No. No plans. No. <laughs> That makes me very
15: nervous. You know, people who see my daughter should have plans.
10: Well, I like shop,
0: and I'm real good with cars. Well, that's good, because I guess that means in the middle of the night I won't get a phone call that your car broke down, and that's why you were late or anything like that. Will I? Uh,
2: no. Am right? Just kind of like, uh oh. <laughs> That
3: was a comedy sketch? Yeah, that was a comedy <laughs> sketch. Um, I see maybe why they voted him. <laughs>
2: Where's the. Darn it. I have one more thing I want to play for you guys. I can't find it. Well, anyway. Jenny's
4: you know good was that Carrie Mulligan, that one from uh, um, just like two weeks ago. Her hosting was one of the best hosts I'd seen, maybe ever. Oh, here. Yeah, really little...
2: There's a baby eating breakfast. He's like, he got to be like eight months old. barely learning how to talk and can say mama.
3: Oh, I've heard this. It's crazy.
2: But he says mama like a demon. Whoa. Like satanic. It's a cute little kid. Listen to this.
8: Yeah, Jake, come to see
3: Mama. Mama, 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 Mama. I would be terrified. Mama.
2: Mama. So scary. Oh, I would
3: no. be
5: so scared. That uh, doesn't talk like that, though, right? Like, no, he's doing that. He on doesn't corporate.
2: talk. No, he's just sitting like Mama, Mama. Oh,
5: um, scary. So
2: Kyle got an early Mother's Day gift. Right? That yeah. There's some, yeah, we'll yeah. get into that next, John Jay and Rich.
0: Use your phone the way it was originally designed to be used. Talking to other humans. Call us, 877-937-1047. John Jay and Rich.
2: Mother's Day is Sunday. Mother's Day. But what happened to you, Kyle, already before Mother's Day?
3: Well, Scott surprised me and said he had my gift already. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so sweet. He's like, we're going to do a staycation. And the place we're staying at, it has this really awesome, like, Pool slash water area, like the kids are going to have a blast and like, I'm like, okay, that sounds fun. And then the back of my head, I'm going like, I really don't want to be in a swimsuit right now. Like hands down, not ready for that. Not ready for that season. <laughs> not, not prepared. Doesn't sound great. And I don't really like swimming anyway. So not really the selling point for me, but the kids will have fun and it's always good to like watch them have fun. And so we're talking about it last night and I'm like, so what do you have like any other plans for like during the day other than just like chilling by the pool? and he's like no i think we'll just like relax we'll just like, have it be a relaxed weekend which does sound great but i'm like the pool you know i just made like an off comment i'm mm-hmm. like oh not looking forward to that and he's like well you could like stay home if you want and i'm like and you'll take the kids
7: <laughs> <laughs> he goes
3: yeah i mean that would be weird but yeah and i'm like oh that's actually appealing start going down the road of like, what if I did send them away for the weekend? (laughs) Like I always say, I would really like some alone time. That would be fantastic. But I let myself go there and I'm like, would I really enjoy that? Or would I be kind of sad that I'm like missing out on these memories? I'm like, I don't know. I'll get back to you. I'll think about it. (laughs) I think when it comes down to it, I would feel like I was missing out. Like I wouldn't want to miss out on those like, you know, memories of like family time. But at the same time, it was very, very tempting. Oh yeah, I mean, like, like you'll sleep. leave, like you guys will just go. <laughs>
7: like you take so Daisy, so like I
3: will have no one to take care of. <laughs> I can sleep all I want, watch like shows, this is- okay. yeah, <laughs> like whatever you want. <laughs> but then I can't, I can't let him go without me. So I'm not going to. But I was, I mean, really, I don't know. I might still send him away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's, it's tough, fun
2: because you think they're going to have memories value, you. So where can they go where you don't care? Send them somewhere we don't want to go. At <laughs>
7: the pool, well, they don't have strong. fun. Exactly.
3: Somewhere like yes. I don't
1: care if you guys go there.
3: That's yeah. A, you know yeah. What I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. But it's not. But now I can't because I'll I'll, total, I'll have FOMO. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right.
2: All right, we're going to play a special edition of our real or fake game in honor of Mother's Day. Ja, Jay and Rich.
4: John Jay and Rich.
2: All right. We're going to play a game for Mother's Day. New guy Nick in the studio. Cassie's our contestant. And Cassie's a mom and in the car with her daughter right now. Is that right, Cassie? I
5: have it's, uh, little Savannah here. Say hi, Savannah. Hi.
2: All right, Nick is the host. Nick, how do we play this game?
10: Hi, guys. This one's called Real or Fake, and it's the Mother's Day edition. Okay. We- moms in, 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 in entertainment. Some of these moms are real. They're either, like, actual moms or TV moms or movie moms. Got it. Some of them are real. Some of them are ones I just made up. If you get <laughs> it right, you're going to hear what, Rich. And if you get it wrong,
11: (laughs) not the mama, not the mama, not the mama. (laughs) Easy enough? Yes. Okay,
10: we're going to go around the room and we're going to start with sports guy on the show, John J. Van Ness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) John J. Gail Brady. She's the mother of the goat. That's right. Tom Brady's mom has been by his side every step of the way. He references her advice often when he talks about what motivates him. Quote, it's not where you're selected, it's how you prove where you were selected was wrong. Fun fact, she was also a walk-on volleyball player for the University of Southern Michigan. Real or fake?
2: I believe that is 100% real.
10: And you would be incorrect. That's oh. what I made up.
11: Oh, Dang it. it sounded not so real. Not the mama. Not the
10: mama. <laughs> so sorry, John Jay. Dang. Richard. Yeah, yeah. Jeannie Johnson. Mother of NBA legend and Lakers Hall of Fame point guard Magic Johnson, Jeannie, more affectionately known as the Bean, played a reoccurring role on her sort on her son's short-lived talk show, The Magic
4: Hour. Okay, so I do remember The Magic Hour, mm-hmm. and if you're lying about that. That would make this whole thing a house of lies. I say real. And you would be wrong. Oh. <laughs> That's one I Not
11: made up. Not the mama.
10: That is my mom's name, though, so Bean? I guess it's kind of right. You call your mom uh, Bean? Jean the Bean.
7: <laughs>
10: Suzanne! Uh. Resident comic book fan. How about Mary Parker? Every friendly neighborhood Spider-Man needs his mama, right? hmm Well, At least for two movies. Poor Mary never got to see Peter grow into the hero he was supposed to be. A, because she dies in a horrific plane crash. And B, the next movie never actually saw the light of day.
7: Mm.
5: Real or fake? I really hope her name is Mary. Because the only name I remember is Ben, his (gasps) uncle. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say, you know, you went fake mom, fake mom. That's a real mom.
10: Suzanne is on the board with one point.
5: (laughs) Strategy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kyle Unfug.
7: Ah.
10: Helene Beasley. This is the mother of Secretary Extraordinaire Pam Beasley. Helene was actually played by two different actresses on the show The Office. So throughout the course of the show, he's played by two different ah. actresses. Additionally, she dated one of the show's titular characters in a four-episode arc. Eventually, the relationship ended very very poorly. Is that one real or is that one I made up, Kyle?
3: I got 50-50 chance here. Real. Kyle's
10: on the board. Cassie. (laughs) Betty DeGeneres. This 90-year-old mother of two's most famous child is... Dot, dot, dot. You guessed it, Ellen DeGeneres, making f- making frequent appearances on Ellen's show. Betty is also the first straight spokeswoman for the Human Rights Campaign's National Coming Out Project. Real or fake? Cassie. Cassandra.
8: Savannah. Oh, I'm going to say fake mom.
10: I'm sorry, Cassie. That uh, one is a real one. Not the mama.
3: Not the mama. I didn't know Ellen had a sibling. She, you guys know that brother. That? Oh. oh, how about that?
10: that? That's, that's fun, huh? John J. Allen. John J. <laughs> <laughs> John J. Andrea Swift. It's a mom story, baby. Just say yes. That's right. Taylor Swift's mom is next on the list. She's been an incredible inspiration for Taylor over the years and has made frequent red carpet appearances with her star daughter. Taylor's song Soon You'll Get Better was based on Taylor's struggle dealing with her
2: mother's breast cancer. Real or fake? I met Taylor's mom, hung out with her. Taylor's mom gave me a tour of the whole backstage she area. She wasn't
3: supposed like they weren't Ooh, letting anyone dog. do that. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. exclusive. So hot you dog. would think
2: that I would know her mom's name after spending <laughs> no, an hour don't. with her oh, privately.
7: No. Oh, don't do this. <laughs> oh, but I'm going to no.
2: say this. I'm going to I'm going to before you give me the answer. Oh, no. If I'm right or wrong, I'm going to tell you that I think that's that that's true. Because if it's not, that's cold blooded that you tell the whole story of her having cancer and then give her a fake name. <laughs> That's gonna be bad on you, Nick. So <laughs> wow. I'm gonna say that's wow. true. Boy. <laughs> oh boy.
7: Oh uh,
4: boy.
10: John Jay's on the board with one <laughs> more. <laughs> Did you just change your name? <laughs> just, uh, just in case you had uh, a fact yeah. oh, check okay. me. Uh, <laughs> Richard <laughs> Mrs. Geef. Whoa. Oh, I'm sorry. You. Whoa. We might have just heard one of those. Oh my gosh. Mrs. Geef, animated or not, Max Goof's mom still counts, Mrs. Geef, or Goof, depending on who you ask, <laughs> appeared in many short cartoons in the nineteen fifties with Goofy. While her while she never made an appearance, nor was mentioned in Goof Troop or a Goofy movie, the rumor amongst fans is that she died tragically in a car accident. Real or fake? Fake.
2: I'm sorry, Rich, that's incorrect. Oh.
1: Take off your shirt.
2: (laughs) Uh, Cassie, hold on. We're going to set you up with a prize. Nick, who's the winner of the game?
10: Uh, We (laughs) have a three-way tie, so I'm going to choose Cassie. All right, Cassie. Thank you for listening to John Jay and Rich on iHeartRadio. For more, go to johnjainrich.com.
0: Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack.
1: See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com offer. That's ZipRecruiter.com offer. Keep listening to
15: our weekly
13: episodes to find out
1: more
14: wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep focus act or be better well there is and if you have 10 minutes headspace can change your life i know because it's definitely helped me too headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy to use app Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So, whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind down sessions, their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then honestly, I came back to it and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast where it's all about working hard now so you
0: can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now, your host. He thinks 3M should sponsor the show because he uses so many post
14: it notes, Pat Flynn. I was so scared. I just, you could probably even hear it. I was scared. What am I talking about? I'm talking about this previous week's episode of the podcast where I interviewed Chris Voss, who is the author of Never Split the Difference, a book about negotiation. He's a former FBI hostage negotiator and I've never been more scared going into an interview. And I wanna spend this follow-up Friday episode not necessarily talking about what it's like to interview somebody like that. You just do it, right? You just kinda of go into it. I was very, very grateful that we got to chat, and even in our premium cast, we had a, even more fun talking about family and stuff. So, you know, once once we broke the ice, it started to get a little bit better, but I wanted to give you something that was very similar feeling to me, back in the day when I first started something that was extremely helpful to the start of my business that I know if I didn't do I wouldn't be where I am at today and it relates to this idea of you know being scared or having any anxiety about doing something now with relation to this podcast I was very grateful because Jess scheduled it on my calendar she reached out we were able to connect and I had to show up right so there we go I really had no excuse I could back out of course but that wouldn't that wouldn't be good but was set up as an interview. But there's gonna be cases in the future where, especially after we get out of this sort of lockdown, COVID, post-pandemic period, where you're going to be in group situations, you're gonna be at conferences, you're gonna be with and around other people. And I'll tell you, I've been around a few people as we've been coming out of this. I mean, just close groups, people we trust and whatnot. And even I'm still having trouble remembering what it's like to, I don't know, Talk to other people in a group, it's really weird. You kind of fall out of it. And as we prepare to get back into the real world, as we all prepare to potentially go to conferences and meet new people, I wanted to give you a piece of advice that helped me when I first started. And that is the three second rule. What is the three second rule and when is it applied? Well, let's talk about that first. This is applied when you are in a place and you see somebody that you wanna meet. And that person could be somebody who maybe is an idol to you, or somebody that you know you need to reach out to, or maybe you know you need to have a conversation with them. Maybe potentially you want to start a partnership, or at least even just ask a question. If you are at all an introvert like me, this three-second rule is going to come in very handy. Because to us introverts, meeting new people is very difficult. To us introverts, meeting new people is not something that's comfortable, but When you realize how important it is to meet other people and just how impactful any new relationship could be in your life and your path and vice versa, you to theirs, you realize that you have to meet new people. And if I could go back into time, 88 miles per hour back in the DeLorean and talk to my younger self, I would tell myself, Pat, number one, that girl that you've been tripping about, she's not worth it. Number two, meet as many people as you can. And don't worry about what they're gonna say because you never know that next relationship could be the one that changes everything for you. So the three second rule is something that you tell yourself when you are in that moment where you see the person that you are going to be hopefully speaking to, shaking their hand, giving them a hug when we can all do that again. Maybe not a hug upon first impression, but in those first moments when typically, especially us introverts, talk ourselves out of doing that. We come up with every scenario in our head to get out of that situation. We come up with every excuse possible to not move forward. The three-second rule is this. Don't give yourself more than three seconds to psych yourself out. You go up to that person and you introduce yourself within three seconds. Now, of course, there's some Caveats here, if the person is in literally the middle of a conversation, you don't want to be rude and interrupt them. You wait to your turn and to your chance, and then you go for it. You don't psych yourself out. If you happen to be walking by them in the hallway and they're with a group, but they're not really chatting, you say, hey, excuse me, John, I just wanted to say thank you for what you do. It's been great to hear your podcast. Can I ask you a quick question? It's interesting because I remember what it was like going back to 2010, Blog World Expo, the very first conference and convention I ever went to. was at the Luxor Hotel in Las Vegas. Again, it was called Blog World Expo. Later on, it turned into New Media Expo, the same event that I spoke at in 2015 on stage with a real-life DeLorean that I brought on to the stage with me. Then the next year, the event didn't happen anymore. So I guess, I don't know. Maybe they thought, we already set the bar too high. I don't know. Anyway, 2010, I was not as... Open to the idea, I still am somewhat nervous. And I'll tell you a quick story at the end here of a moment where I didn't follow the three second rule. I may have shared that story before, but it's worth telling again because I still kick myself. And I hope that I get a chance to meet this person again in the future. I'll tell you all about that in a minute. But 2010, I had no idea what I was doing at a conference. All I knew is I was a blogger. This was a blogging conference. Bloggers who wanted to grow go to blogging conferences and meet people and sit in on the conference talks and learn and try to get better. And I was invited to, because of the success of the Smart Passive Income blog quite early on, I was invited to a little mastermind group. And this mastermind group met a day before the event in a conference room that had a set of tables set up in like a U-shaped fashion. And I saw my name tag there and I, I sat down and I had no idea who was gonna enter the room. I didn't know anybody. And then a few people came in whose names I recognized. And guess what? I got even more scared. I saw people walk in like Darren Rouse from ProBlogger and Chris Guthrie, another person who had a blog back then called How to Make Money on the Internet.com. Like literally, that was the domain name. Because back then, domain names, the more that you could exact match them to the search term, the better off you were. Not anymore. And I don't think Chris has that website anymore. But I remember just not talking to anybody. I remember not ever raising my hand. I remember listening to everybody else and only talking when it was my turn to talk. And I'm very grateful because people like Chris, Chris Guthrie, had came up to me afterwards. He was like, hey, Pat, I like your blog. You wanna go grab a lunch or grab a coffee? And we got chatting, and that's how we became friends because he initiated the conversation. And if he didn't do that, I don't know if we'd be friends today. But I'm very grateful for that. We've kept in contact since then. But it started with the start. It always starts with the start. And if I could go back to then, I would do a much better job of mustering up the courage to just say hello to people and to not give myself enough time to psych myself out. Because that's really what I did. I just, what are they gonna say? Are they even gonna like me? I'm just gonna look like an idiot in front of these people. Who am I to reach out and extend my hand to them? I think Lewis House was also in the room too from School of Greatness. And it's interesting because, you know, I think back and I'm like, Pat, 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 what were you doing? But then I remember, I still feel like that sometimes. But I have the three-second rule, and the three-second rule has helped me through many situations. At all the conferences I've been at, at all the little workshops I've been to, at the mastermind groups I've been invited to, I haven't given myself that much of a chance to talk myself out of meeting new people. And again, that encouragement of, okay, that next person that I meet, that next person who I say hello to, maybe there's some value that I could give them, and then I could get value in exchange back in return. Maybe not then, maybe not immediately, and maybe not ever monetarily, but in some way, shape, or form, perhaps. And it's those chances that you give yourself. Every new relationship you create is like planting a new seed that could at some point sprout and turn into something to be fruitful if we wanna keep going with the analogy. So who's this person who I didn't use the three-second rule with that I wish I did? Well, I was speaking at an event, and this was very recently. This was 2018 in San Diego, in the comfort of my own hometown, yet still not having the courage to say hello to this person. I was invited to a Dave Ramsey event. It was called Entre Leadership, and I spoke on, hot topic, super fans, building raving fans out of people who just find you. This is a topic that obviously I'm very familiar with. I wrote the book on it. Super fans, check it out if you haven't already. The audiobooks great. I go off script every once in a while. So I'm in the green room. If you don't know what the green room is, that's the room where they put the speakers and the VIPs to hang out outside of the bigger crowds just to give them space. There's oftentimes some beverages and some food and hors d'oeuvres there and a bunch of tables and often resting areas where people can sit in groups and chat or sit more privately. And I was there getting a, I remember, It was a Perrier water, it was in a glass with ice, and it was one of those smaller green glass bottles. I was pouring myself a Perrier, not too much though, I don't want too much bubbly before I go on stage, but I was about 20 minutes before talking on stage, and all of a sudden the door opens, and I see Simon Sinek walk in the room. Simon Sinek, start with why. His book, his very famous TED talk, And I really, really loved all that he's done. And I wanted to say thanks. But I was pouring my perrier. And he was there. He was getting some food on the other side. And I never had the courage to just go and say hello. That was the perfect time in the green room, not in front of anybody. And I could, you know, when I started to think about it more, I was like, oh, well, you know, he's probably too busy or he's probably coming in the green room to escape chatting and doing small talk. Like me, I, Escape to the green room sometimes to escape the small talk and, you know, decompress and regain my energy. Thus, introverts, we have to escape people to regain energy. Extroverts have to be around people to gain energy. So I thought, okay, maybe Simon's an introvert like me. So, and again, all this in just a few seconds, thinking about all these reasons why I shouldn't come up to him, all the things bad that could happen, or just, you know, especially I was like, well, I'm about to go on stage. Like, what if, he blows me off and then, you know, I just fumble my talk and then I just like I'm thinking about it all day. Like, I, no, I'm not gonna take that chance. Well, here am I today, two and a half years later, talking about it, knowing it was a complete mistake. And sure, it could have just been a, hey, hello, how are you? Hey, hello, yeah, hey, nice to meet you. That's it. That would have been something at least. And here's the thing, at least I would have given it a shot. You gotta shoot your shot, people. You gotta shoot your shot. So the three-second rule. Hopefully, that is something you can put your back pocket the next time you go to a group meeting, a parent-teacher meeting, whatever it might be, where you're around a bunch of people. Don't be afraid to say hello. Now, I know one thing you might be thinking, which is, well, what am I even gonna say? Just start talking. Just start talking. Because an object at rest tends to stay at rest until you start talking. (laughs) And once you get going, the motions... That keeps you going, right? An object in motion tends to stay in motion. So just get into it and you never know. You never know. So I wish I could take that back. I wish I could go back and say hello to Simon Sinek and I'm sure there'll be another opportunity in the future. I'm still gonna be speaking on stages here and there, not as much as I used to, but that was definitely an opportunity lost. So the three second rule. Or if you wanna chat with somebody, schedule a podcast episode with a specific date and time where you know you're gonna chat with this person and no matter how crazy their resume might be, no matter how many hostage situations they've been a part of and how much they've negotiated their way out of something, you're gonna have a good time. And I definitely had a great time with Chris. I hope you listened to that episode if you haven't already. That was episode 481. 481 with Chris Voss. It was a great one. How to use negotiation to level up both in business and in life. I hope you check it out. So thank you again for listening in. I have been very, very much appreciating the kind words about these Friday follow-up episodes because I think you know we've gotten a lot of feedback over the years. Like, Pat, I love the solo shows. The interviews are great too. And the idea of going twice a week, a Wednesday interview followed up by a Friday solo show. I think you get the best of both worlds. This one's a little bit shorter. The other one is a little bit longer. And I just wanted to say thank you for the positive feedback that has been coming in. It's definitely been pushing me. It's more work, but it's work that I enjoy doing, especially when I hear that feedback. So if you wanted to offer any sort of constructive criticism or positive feedback, hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at Pat Flynn and let me know, let me know, if you end up using the three second rule at any time, or maybe use this opportunity to not think and send me a message. Don't worry about what I'm going to say. I'm going to do my best to reply. And again, at Pat Flynn on Twitter would likely be the easiest one for me to see, but at Pat Flynn on Instagram, I get to Instagram every once in a while if you send me a DM. But anyway, thank you so, so much for listening and I appreciate you. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And I look forward to serving you next week on a Wednesday. Another great interview with, in fact, one of our very own a student of SPI, a listener of this show who's created something amazing and a beautiful success story that's, I'm sure, going to encourage you. So make sure you hit subscribe and look forward to that one. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And as always, Team Flynn for the win. Peace out. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income podcast at smartpassiveincome.com. I'm your host, Pat Flynn. Sound design and editing by Paul Gregoris. Our senior producer is Sarah Jane Hess. Our series producer is David Grabowski, and our executive producer is Matt Gartland. The Smart Passive Income Podcast is a production of SPI Media. We'll catch you in the next session. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast, yes, a brand new podcast called Flops.
0: Thanks for, listening.
14: Thanks for listening. I'm Patrick Carelci.
3: And I'm Adriana Cortez. And we're the hosts of Red Pilled America, a new storytelling podcast.
4: Red Pilled America tells you the stories Hollywood and the mainstream media don't want you to hear. Visit the iHeartRadio app right now to listen to Red Pilled America.
7: You, call this so you do,
9: KFI AM six forty live everywhere on the free iHeart Radio app. Good morning. It's the Bill Handel show, he is still out with his bad back. Wayne Resnick here until ten o'clock. And then it's Gary and Shannon. And uh, somebody double-check for me. Is Shannon still out? She was out yesterday. We had wonderful Layla Mohammed in, also out. So Layla Mohammed and Gary today at 10. Hey, let's talk about a legal genius in our midst here in L.A. County. Now, there are people you can think about through history and say, oh, they were legal geniuses like Clarence Darrow or... I don't know, Justice Felix Frankenfurter, Um, that guy, Jerry Spence, who is who wore the was from Wyoming and wore those fringe like Western jackets all the time. Legal geniuses. But the bit I (laughs) am, I am remiss in not pointing out Bill Handel, renowned legal genius. But none of those people can compare to the sheriff of L.A. County. Alex Villanueva, he manages to be the only person who is so brilliant in the mind that he and only he understands what he has to do and what he doesn't have to do. When the inspector general of the sheriff's department says, I would like to see this and that and the other, oh, everybody else agrees with the inspector general that he has a right to see this, that, and the other. Only Sheriff Alex Villanueva is educated in the law enough and brilliant enough to see through that scam and to know that he doesn't have to share that information. Here we go again. The sheriff refuses to name deputies who fire their guns in the line of duty. LAPD does so. So right away, you have kind of a big contrast, because right here in Southern California, two large law enforcement agencies, LAPD, publicly identified the officers in every one of the 88 shootings that happened between 2018 and 2020. San Diego. They released the names of the officers in all 20 of their police shootings during that same time period. San Francisco PD, not only do they name the names, they actually have a policy. It requires the names of officers to be published on its website, the website of the department, a social media post, and a press release within 10 days of a shooting or another incident involving serious force. Oakland PD has released the names of every officer who opened fire while on duty during that time period. So has Bakersfield PD. So has the Kern County Sheriff's Office. There was one case in Kern County uh, that was a real mess. Seven deputies fired their weapons during the incident. They did withhold three of their names because there was specific, credible evidence that those three deputies were in danger. Sacramento, Sacramento. The only time during this period that they withheld the name of of a deputy was one time because a judge issued a gag order in a case that was related to that, and they said, ooh, we better be careful here. In other words, if you look around the state, law enforcement agencies pretty much are following a practice of releasing the identity of officers involved in these incidents, and only Alex Villanueva is the guy smart enough to see through the BS of this, except... You might want to ask yourself, why would he be the only one? Why would all of these other departments release those names so consistently if they didn't have to? Well, it's because they have to. That's why. Because in California, you've got a Supreme Court decision that said you have to release the names unless you have a specific concern about safety for a specific police officer. This broad idea that, you know, if you release the names of police officer, they're going to be in danger. I'm not denying that that's a concern, but the Supreme court already said that's not good enough. So here's the point. And this is really making it difficult for the County to work with the sheriff's department. And I would argue At a time when we're looking for some reforming of policing, some are looking for massive defund the police action. Others are looking for smaller, relevant changes in the way policing happens. But we're definitely in that period of time. And if you can't work with the county, then you're not going to be able to get reforms in the sheriff's department that you want. And Alex Villanueva, God bless you, sir, the mind on you, the big brain on you that you are smarter than every other police agency in the state. You're smarter than the County Board of Supervisors and the team of lawyers that advise them. You're smarter than the Inspector General over your department. And you're even smarter than the judges on the California Supreme Court. And yet, Somehow, you're not making $5 million a year as a partner in a prestigious law firm. You're a sheriff. Let's get a news update from Jennifer Jones Lee. And then when we come back, oh, this is good. If you're 18, 19, 20 years old, put on your diapers, get your baba. And get in front of the radio or streaming device because I want you to know what a lot of people here in California think about you. And I don't think you're going to like it. It's KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the free iHeartRadio. 640 live everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Good morning. Bill Handel's show. He is out with his bad back. And uh, boy, I hope, I hope you heard me before. We got news from Jennifer Jones Lee. 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds. This segment is especially for you. Everybody else can listen. But the message is to the 18, 19, and 20-year-olds. So I hope you're all in front of your radios because here's the deal. In the eyes of the state of California, you are babies. Literally, you are infants in the eyes of the state of California. Why do I say that? Here's why I say that. Because they're saying that. Why are they saying that? Well, there's a case in front of the Ninth Circuit, and it has to do with California's law that says uh, if you're 18, 19, 20, you can't get a gun. California Penal Code Section 27510 Sub A. Firearms dealers shall not sell, supply, deliver, or give possession or control of a firearm to any person who is under 21 years of age. There's a couple of exceptions. If you're in the military, if you're in the National Guard, if you have a valid hunting license, you can get some guns, but you still can't get a handgun or certain kinds of rifles. In any event, there's a big lawsuit going on over this rule, this law. Because gun rights groups are saying, what are you doing? That's a violation of the Second Amendment. 18, 19, 20-year-olds are adults in this country. The Supreme Court has ruled that everybody has a right to have a gun at least in your house for self-defense. Ergo, you're discriminating against this group of people. Well, the state of California desperately wants to keep that law in place. And so they're fighting with everything they can come up with. One of the things they're saying is, you know, even under Supreme Court law, they said, for example, you cannot let felons have guns. Um, You cannot let people who have been judged by a court to be mentally ill have guns. So if you can prevent those kinds of people from having guns, certainly you can prevent 18, 19, 20-year-olds from having guns. They're equating you to criminals, and people with mental health problems because of your age. Just so you understand. That's what they're saying. And then they have the other reason. A lot of times when you're looking at laws, you have to go back to when the law was passed, and you have to try to figure out, well, what did the people who wrote this law really mean? What did they want to have happen? That becomes a problem sometimes when the law not written very well. And... uh I think when they wrote the Second Amendment, they couldn't have envisioned what would happen in this country and what would happen with the development of weapons. And so they didn't write it in a way that's very helpful. You can't just look at that those words and say, oh, I know exactly who they wanted to have guns, who they didn't, what kind of guns, where they could have them, how they could use them. You can't tell anything. And so everybody gets to bring their own view to the discussion, and so when you look at these laws, you go back to the time when the law was passed, and you look at what was going on. So, this is what the state is saying. Well, no. First, let me tell you what the what the gun activists are saying. They're saying when you go back to the time of the Second Amendment, and you know it says about a well-regulated militia being important, that if you go back to when they wrote that, People under 21 were in the militias. Therefore, how can you possibly say 18, 19, 20-year-olds aren't supposed to have guns when at the time that they were deciding this constitutional right, 18, 19, 20-year-olds were walking around with guns as part of these militias, probably younger than 18. Here's the state side of it. Are you ready? They say, well, yeah... You might have had 18, 19, 20-year-olds in the militias. But otherwise, back then, 18, 19, 20-year-olds were considered infants, babies. A 19-year-old is no different than a six-month-old, as far as we're concerned, and as far as the, the country was concerned back at the time. And then you get into the complicated thing of, well, then, but how come they were in militias with guns? And then the state says, well, there's a difference. Check this out. You want to hear something crazy? What if I told you that you had an obligation to mow the lawn? You had to mow the lawn. You have no choice. You have to do it. What if I also told you that it is illegal for you to use a lawnmower? Well, you just mean like a big powered riding lawnmower? No, no. Any lawnmower. You cannot have a riding mower. You cannot have a Toro push mower. You can't even have one of those old-fashioned non-powered mowers that just spin around. It takes you 18 hours to mow your lawn. That's crazy, right? You have to mow the lawn, but you're not allowed to mow the lawn. That's what the state of California is saying right now in this case. So... I don't know what time nap time and juice box time is for you 18, 19, and 20 years old, but you should be demanding it because the state thinks that you're babies. Let's get a news update from Jennifer Jones-Lee and then Dr. Jim Keeney's coming on. A lot of really great medical news and some fascinating stuff that they're finding out about your body. It's KFI AM640 live everywhere on the free iHeartRadio.
0: Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job, So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack.
1: See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash offer. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash offer.
14: (inaudible) Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan.
5: Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya.
9: AM 640 and live everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Good morning. It's the Bill Handel Show. He is still out with his bad back. We are joined by Dr. Jim Keeney. He's the co-director of the ER at Mission Hospital in Mission Viejo, and he's on a mission to talk to us about some great medical news. Good morning, Dr. Jim.
6: Good morning. How you doing, Wayne?
9: Good, good. Okay, let's get right into this. The CDC is saying that vaccines, things that are created by man, are better than nature at producing those virus-fighting antibodies. What do you make of that?
6: Yeah, that's what they say. I mean, uh, you know, it's not that big of a surprise. There are other vaccines that seem to cause a stronger and more lasting immune response than nature, um, remember, a lot of these vaccines, uh, not this one, but other vaccines will put in uh, additional chemicals that make the reaction very strong so that your body has almost an overreaction, so it has a good memory for it. But, yeah, this is, uh, is not surprising. I mean, we're making tons of its – you're teaching the body to make tons of spike protein, crank it out all at once, and then have your immune system respond to it.
9: So is that – I mean, it kind of makes it sound like – Um, our bodies are deficient, like off the rack. Off the rack, the human body is maybe not that great at creating antibodies. Is that a takeaway from this, or is that too pessimistic?
6: No, no, because it's still the body doing all of this. It's just it's doing it in a reaction to which offense, right, whether it's doing a reaction – to the natural virus or to just the spike proteins that we're generating through the vaccination process in the end it's still your body's immune system that's responding so i mean i wouldn't say it's deficient it's just we're we can uh you know again we're kind of fooling the body into believing it had an infection and our our faking out of the body just happens to be highly efficient highly productive
9: so in, is it that in the real world, you get an infection naturally, right? The germ that's out there gets into you, starts multiplying, and your body does, of course, have this system to react to it. So why would it be better? The, is it, the only difference is you're either acquiring it naturally through the world or you're acquiring it through a vaccine. Why would the responses be so different?
6: Well, with this one, I'm, you know, it's hard to say. I don't really know why we're we're better. It's just we observe, we, we look at these things and observe. Is it a better reaction or not as good? Or, you know, how does it compare? And they've done that work to figure it out. The why, you know, I don't think anybody's figured out yet. Like I said, in other vaccines, uh, we add uh you know other chemicals and it, that's for the purpose of ramping up your immune system so that your immune system really reacts to it and inflames to it a little bit more and then that would creates a, a stronger response so we do that on purpose with this vaccine you know they haven't added any any additional components that make you more reactive i mean it's entirely possible that something within the vaccine just the way it's built like those lipoproteins or or something else make your body more reactive and then results in a stronger antibody or immune response
9: all right so i think I, I think i get it when you get it when you catch something naturally you're catching that germ and you're catching that germ in its in its natural state vaccines are vaccines are like getting the natural germ plus getting other ingredients or information or getting a part of the natural virus, but not all of the natural virus. So I guess the bottom line is a vaccine is not like getting the disease naturally. It's very different and has been specifically studied and, uh, formulated to maximize the body's response
6: yeah i mean one guess could be that when you get a natural uh you know response you have the entire virus affecting your body then what happens is your white blood cells kind of chop up that virus and make it inactive and then present different pieces of the virus on the surface of the, of the white blood cell, which causes uh, these other white blood cells to then see it, react to it, and make an antibody to it. So your body is good at figuring out which is the most reactive piece of the virus, but it's probably presenting more than one piece of the virus to the rest of your immune system so your immune system could be distracted it's, it's making other or attempting to make other antibodies during a natural reaction as opposed to this we're only giving it spike protein it's the only thing your entire immune system's seeing, and then it's reacting in that way specifically to the piece that we know creates a really strong immune response
9: oh okay see now 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 it makes a lot of sense to me thank you what basically it's when you get it when you get the virus naturally you're giving your body a lot of assignments and when you Correct. give it a, when you give it a virus like this you're giving it a particularly focused assignment and so it does make sense then that it would be more efficient at carrying out one task instead of many to find out which of these many tasks are we going to stick with long term
6: Yeah, I mean, that's just my, you know, like, logic through it kind of reaction. Is that true? I don't know. You know, I mean, it it makes sense. It could be. But, uh, you know, the human body is so so complex.
9: Are you trying to tell me that they're medical phenomenon that we can't fully understand?
6: Is that what you're saying
9: here today? (laughs) All right. Hey, listen, let's get a news update from Jennifer Jones-Lee. And then when we come back, I want to talk to you about placebos, which we always think of as you give somebody a sugar pill, but you tell them that it's a, it's a drug. But now there's a whole new world of placebos where the person knows that it's just a sugar pill, and it still works. And I want to talk to you about why that might be. This is KFI AM640 live everywhere on the free iHeartRadio.
7: Sugar
9: 640 live everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Good morning. It's the Bill Handel Show. He is out with his bad back. We have with us Dr. Jim Keeney. He's a co-director of the ER at Mission Hospital in Mission Viejo. And so, Dr. Jim, let's talk about this. this. It's not an issue. I guess this phenomenon with placebos. Maybe start first by just tell us the old-fashioned approach to placebos.
6: All right. Well, this all started because we believe that the the gold standard study would be what's called double-blinded study. That means that the person uh, observing the effects doesn't know what you're getting, whether they're getting the actual pill or whether you're not. Uh, and then the patient also doesn't know what they're getting, whether they're getting the actual treatment with the pill in it or not. The only way you can fool a human into whether they're getting a treat, you know, whether they don't know they're getting a treatment is you either put the medicine in a pill or you give them a sugar pill with it has no medicine in it. Um, And, you know, and people have called that a dummy pill. And that's the question is like it's it's a little bit offensive because who's the dummy in this situation? Is it, you know, you're tricking the patient? Is that what's really going on here? And to the surprise of a lot of researchers back in the 50s that that resulted in what's called a placebo effect usually about a third of people will get better when they take a sugar pill and that's almost kind of the competition for the treatment treatments are trying to beat placebo and sometimes that's not easy so it's interesting and then doctors we don't use the placebo effect because it's kind of it's a sneaky thing right you're not telling you're you'd have to tell the person you're treating them and then not treat them. And that just, there's something that just sounds very unethical about that. So we don't really use placebo effect in medicine.
9: Well, then comes along this guy, uh, Ted Kapchuk from Harvard Medical School. And he had the same concerns that you just expressed that like, is there any way to help people with this idea of a placebo without tricking them? And so he started doing studies with open placebos where people were told, "Hey, this is just a sugar pill," and beyond all common sense, it worked also, so yeah, yes, yeah, so what, what do you think is going on there? I mean, I know we can't be a hundred percent sure exactly why it works when the patient knows it's fake, but what are some of the factors that might be in play?
6: Well, I mean, so first of all, yeah, we know that if you have a positive attitude about what's going to happen, um, a lot of times you'll do better, and so people think they're getting a treatment, they've finally been given you know the magic pill, and they're and they are going to get better. That's kind of the traditional what we've always thought. Um in his studies it doesn't hundred percent make sense because it's not like he treated uh you know, cancer and told the people they could get better. He was treating things like back pain or insomnia, you know, or or things like that that, that aren't life threatening conditions, but you know, are are very resistant to treatment. And uh and he was finding success in those areas. So is it really just a positive attitude? um so you know really the theories are kind of there's two one is uh, is called kind of expectation that after you go through a process you see a doctor and by the way they even did it down to do you get very little interaction with the doctor just a quick oh yeah here i'm gonna write your prescription or is it, it a more medium interaction or is it a super long 45 minute discussion with a caring doctor who wants to know about you as a person who asks those kind of probing questions, who gives you an opportunity to have a discussion. And it turns out that third group did even better on placebo than every other group. So expectations to a certain extent you know and and one of the statements in the in the that high functioning doctor group was hey i've had really good experience with this i know a lot of people are struggling and haven't found good results but with this we're really actually getting good results and you know this positive expectation from the doctor as well so it just seems like there's something about that therapeutic alliance that uh, that does it that's one theory it doesn't explain it all so the second theory is just kind of that Pavlov's dog idea is conditioning that that some people are, you know, used to the idea that they go see a medical care provider. They go through the process, you know, of sitting on a table, getting undressed, having somebody poke and prod. Uh, they get a prescription, go to a pharmacy, and, and just that process conditions us in a way to improve. Um, you know, scary as a doctor, right? Because it looks like, wow, you know who needs you you don't need a medical license right you know who needs me really what you need is somebody who will listen which a lot of doctors don't i mean i work in an emergency room where i'm kind of rushing in and out by the nature of the, the area that i work in and people say to me wow you just spend more time with me than my doctor does and i'm thinking that's horrible you know so i wouldn't uh, you know, i wouldn't we, we really-
9: uh i wouldn't hang up your license just yet though because i think what's important here is it if it's just some like guy In a T-shirt, here's a sugar pill. I don't think it's going to work. I think that the fact that you are a doctor, I assume you're wearing scrubs or the white coat. You're in a clinical setting where there's stethoscopes and machines that beep. And to me, it's like getting better isn't just about the pill you take. It's about the entire experience of having medicine applied to you. And those elements are... Maybe just as important as what's in that pill.
6: Yeah, I mean, but this worked even with uh, placebo acupuncture. So they took an oh, acupuncturist God. and the oh. same thing. And it was either they rushed in or rushed out. Some of them had a white lab coat on, like you said, the, the ex- augmented kind of highest functioning uh, acupuncturist sat for 45 minutes, talked to the patient about, to understand their disease, had the white lab coat, all of that. And the placebo acupuncture still did extremely well.
9: Well, it's fascinating stuff, and probably science will never figure it out completely. But
6: but get maybe better I'll figure at out it, how to harness it, right? Yeah, how to use it. Yeah,
9: Doctor Jim, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Take I'm sure. Care. All right, there he goes, Doctor Jim Keeney, co-director of the ER at Mission Hospital in Mission Viejo. Let's get a news update from Jennifer Jones Lee. And then, um, you know those stories about producer Scott Rudin and how he was a rageaholic and he would throw things at people and yell at people. And for years and years, it seems like everybody put up with it. And then they started to speak out and now he is he's getting some consequences. Turns out there's a whole industry now trying to help guys like that cut it out. Rage coaches. Coming up next. KFI AM 640, live everywhere in the free iHeartRadio app.
0: Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack
13: Prime Minister Boris Johnson has found himself caught up in two lobbying scandals, both intertwined with mysterious origins and potentially destructive. Last month, a number of damaging claims were leaked to the press. Allegations that the Prime Minister said rather than lock down the country again.
11: He would rather have, and I quote, bodies pile high than implement another lockdown. Can the Prime Minister tell the House categorically, yes or no, did he make those remarks or remarks to that effect?
13: Prime Minister. No, Mr Speaker, and I think what... I think... The leak of a text in which Boris Johnson promised to fix a tax issue for Sir James Dyson. Uh, the issue is really the... Uh, the question of um, the, the ventilators that, if you remember, James Dyson was offering to make. And messages between the PM and Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, saying that the government had made great progress since his departure last November. And then, of course, the news that grabbed the attention of the nation, the cash for curtains scandal. It was revealed that Boris Johnson and his fiancée Carrie Simons had decided to renovate their flat in Downing Street. And let's just say it seems the IKEA catalogue wasn't consulted. There is speculation that it could have cost hundreds of thousands of pounds. The Prime Minister insists that he covered those costs himself. But he's not denied that the money originally came from a donation or a loan from a Tory peer or party donor. Now, party rules say that any loan over the sum of £7,500 must be declared, but there's no sign of the refurbishment money anywhere. So, who was the whistleblower? Downing Street have accused one man. At the end of last year, former Chief of Staff to the PM, Dominic Cummings, was seen walking out of Number 10 Downing Street carrying a cardboard box after being let go as one of Boris Johnson's most influential advisers. Now, Dominic Cummings may no longer have a coffee mug and a packet of barrows in the Prime Minister's office, but he does have a secret weapon. It's his blog. And along with that, one of the best insights into what's been going on in Downing Street since Johnson became Prime Minister. And it is on this blog that he hit back with a post denying all allegations that he tipped off the press and he called the Downing Street flat renovation unethical, foolish and possibly illegal. So the man accused of leaking now hits back, names other uh, leakers, suggests that the Prime Minister was willing to break electoral law uh, and has very much put the ball back in Downing Street's court. And so while events unroll, the country waits with bated breath and we all wonder whether wallpaper really is back for good. An investigation has been opened by the Electoral Commission into where the funding for this renovation really came from. And one of the people that could be questioned is Carrie Simons. Has her expensive taste made Boris Johnson resort to getting Tory donors to secretly pay for the renovation? Well, it's what Dominic Cummings claims... How much power does the First Lady wield? What goes on behind the closed doors of Number 11's flat? And how will the Cash for Curtains scandal be remembered in the history of Downing Street? Welcome to the Sky News Daily Podcast with me, Jonathan Samuels.
16: The relationship between Carrie Simons and Dominic Cummings has clearly turned very bad indeed but it is interesting that they started out on the same side when she to the surprise of many who thought the younger end of the special advisers in the conservative party would largely remain and carrie simons said to her then boss john whittingdale a brexiteer i'm, I'm going to come with you i'm gonna be on your side and i'm going to go and work for the vote leave campaign so she made common cause with dominic cummings there's no sign that they didn't get along in those days i think it all changed when she moved into Downing Street. She's also someone who'd briefly been head of communications to the party herself. Dominic Cummings wanted a complete strategy overhaul of the way that Boris Johnson communicated. He was quite radical about some things that he wanted to change and he had his own set around him, mainly male, you know, the kind of guys who call each other by shortened versions of their second names, uh, Kano, etc. And Carrie Symes, I think, didn't like that and wanted her own sphere of influence. And of course, she had her own track to Boris Johnson, which probably caused some envy, some resentment with Dominic Cummings. And this went to and fro and got more and more toxic and difficult. They've fallen out very badly. They were frenemies and now they're outright enemies.
13: This is Anne McElvoy. She's senior editor at The Economist, a columnist for The Evening Standard, and she recently wrote an article for Tatler on Carrie Simons, and for the research for this, Anne was given access to many of her friends and foes. I wanted to find out more about the first fiancée and what role she's carved out for herself in Downing Street. So I guess the first question is, we've heard um, so much about Carrie Simons in, in, recent, well, in recent weeks, but also in, in recent months. Um, how much do we really know about her, do you think?
16: I think that especially since she moved into Downing Street with Boris Johnson after their engagement, which all happened very fast, their relationship, their engagement, the baby, and of course then coronavirus on top of it. I think that she has closed herself in a quite small group of very loyal friends and supporters in Downing Street. But within that, she's very active. She's not someone I think who finds it very easy to sit on the sofa with the baby and Dylan the dog and watch daytime TV. She likes to get involved in things. And and that's where some of the... Fun or some of the problems start depending on which way you look at her but she's not someone I think who's out there courting attention but inside yes she likes to be very active I think she's quite restless in some ways too.
13: And you've written um, and studied the partners of uh, prime ministers at, at, at number 10 for, for some time now and it's not an easy role in itself is it and and, and clearly along the way you are going to make enemies.
16: I think one of the big question marks, certainly covering First Ladies, the first one I remember meeting is Norma Major, but I have to say she was more often in the constituency and in Czechish. She didn't really like being around in number 10. But from Cherie Blair onwards, I probably met and talked to and sort of rubbed shoulders in that Westminster way with all of the First Ladies. And I think the big dividing line for them was do they speak for themselves or do they speak for their other half or for the the team or what the royals would call the firm and Shri blair clearly found that very difficult for a long time she said nothing at all and then she sort of said everything that came into her head and then she just had enough of it sarah brown had a more disciplined approach to the role but then she was a comms professional as is carrie simons and then we've had philip may along the way who i think saw himself as a support. He was very happy to be in the background, but he was very engaged. I mean, if you Given that Theresa May wasn't thought to be the most smooth social operator ever to occupy Downing Street. He would smooth things over. I remember him handing out gin and tonics that would have knocked over a horse. I think he he kind of understood that it was thought to be a sticky gig (laughs) to have a social event with Theresa May. So he made it as easy as he could. And he was actually somewhat easier to talk to in many ways than she was. So I think this role has changed, that you're part of that team. How much do you speak for yourself? How much do you make decisions and calls for yourself, that's some of the controversy about Carrie, isn't it? Is when she says, "Well, I'm going to go off and run the Aspinall Foundation, which is all about rewilding, but has has some question marks over its charitable practices." Is that okay? Because that's just what the Mrs. has decided to do, and it's her business. Or is it a reflection on Boris Johnson? That's the awkward world she's in.
13: So let's talk a little bit about uh, sofas and and cushions uh, and the like, because you wrote uh, an extensive profile of Carrie. And uh, as part of that profile, the John Lewis furniture nightmare quote uh, came up. And of course, it's something that uh, everyone has picked up on. Are you able to tell us who actually said that to you?
16: Oh, I'm taking my sources secrets to the grave as you would (laughs) expect me to do, Jonathan. Um, But it was clearly attributed to being a view that certainly that I think Carrie Simons wanted to change the furnishings and didn't much like some aspects of what was there. And she generally thought the whole place needed a a do-up. I think she generally thought it would be a service, not only to herself and Boris Johnson, but to those who came after to do up the number 11 flat I think it state agents would say it had had a good uh, a good overhaul.
13: It's quite interesting, isn't it? How uh, no one would necessarily criticise somebody for wanting to make their home their own. But would you say that some of the tabloid reporting on this whole affair, putting putting the the, the financial side of it to one side, has has been rather sexist?
16: I do think there are aspects of sexism in the coverage. Uh, it's easy sometimes when things have gone awry and wrong decisions have been made to say, oh, well, there must be some sexism at the bottom of uh, of this. But I think there's, the sexism here tends to be more about has she got too much influence? I mean, she might be meddlesome. She can be a bit meddlesome. But I, I wonder if it's a question that would be phrased in the same way if it were the other way round. There's also the fact that she's relatively young. And I think there is sometimes an undertone of who is this silly flighty younger woman. If she were a bit older, I might well say she's the power behind the throne, but I think it would almost have a breathless respect to it. And there's an element I think of when you were a younger partner and you're female and you made your way up uh, through the party working for people and caught the eye of, of sometimes wandering eye, but what I did settle on her of Boris Johnson is, well, what's her game? Yeah, I think that is true. And I tried when I was doing the uh, original Tatler piece to, to make sure I spoke to many friends and supporters, as well as those who were quite keen to come forward and say, well, she's the new Anne Boleyn to Henry VIII. So I wanted to round out that picture and hopefully not fall into that trap of thinking, well, yeah, she's a young woman she must be on the May because I think that is something to really guard against in this coverage.
13: Celia if Boris and Carrie had given you a phone call last year and said look uh, Celia we really want you to come and do up the flat uh, what would you have suggested what would your big ideas have been?
11: Well, I think uh, if if they'd called me and asked me to go in and do up the flat, it certainly wouldn't look like what we think it looks like now. I would be more on the classical side of things. But what I would do is throw in a bit of madness in there because I can see it in his personality. And I think it needs to have a little bit of over the top, maybe with artwork or some kind of uh, piece in there that says it all about Boris. Uh, And I'd have to look long and hard to find something suitable. I think it would be a task.
13: This is Celia Sawyer, who's an interior designer that works around the world.
11: And now I'm lucky enough to work with high-profile, high-net-worth clients, and it's a, a very nice job.
13: But it wasn't Celia's classical style that inspired Wallpaper Gate. Instead, Simon sought the service of leading interior designer Lulu Little. I asked Celia to describe her style to those of us that might be less familiar.
11: I was, it's not my style at all, but each to their own because of course that's why you pick your own interior designer because they all have different styles. Lulu Little, I did not know anything about until all this came up. There are quite a few of us out there, you know, that do interior design and she's not someone I've come across, but uh, by the looks of it, her style's very over the top. It's, I would say a a real mix of textures, colors, stripes with circles and and big prints. So what she might have done for Downing Street could have been toned down. But if you like that kind of style, then it really needs to be over the top.
13: So this phrase, John Lewis nightmare, has cropped up. Uh, What do you think about John Lewis as as a brand? What are their furnishings like? Are they they still popular, still fashionable?
11: (laughs) They are popular to a certain type of clientele. John Lewis has always been around, you know, and, and I know things are difficult for everyone in retail at the moment, but they've been around for a long time. They've supplied goods that are over a good standard, and I think a lot of people still use them. So, you know, although designers don't necessarily use them, or I don't personally, you know, it's only because I want something different and I'm asked to find unusual items for my clients generally, not your high street stuff
13: whatever your politics are nobody can deny that uh, boris johnson certainly has uh, a big personality and uh, has charisma when you're doing interior design how much do you look at someone's personality and and the sort of the aura around them when you're choosing furnishings when you're choosing textiles for their home
11: it's really important to understand your client their personality what gets them going you know what sort of things do they talk about what are they interested in how do they live if you don't do that then you're not a very good designer because you mustn't design for yourself you must always think of your client and this is where I think, you know, with this kind of chaotic interior that we think we have here, I think she's got it right then to choose this particular designer because it's chaotic like him. You know, he's always, rushed. you know, all, the suit doesn't quite fit properly and, and the hair's always all over the place, isn't it? And, and it's all a bit, you know, I've turned up slightly late to the meeting and I <laughs> always feel like it's, it's, that's his personality. So he's, she's probably the right designer for him.
13: Coming up, the diplomat, spy and serial traitor behind Downing Street. It's hosted Margaret Thatcher's Derby and Staffordshire China collection, enjoyed a mirrored exercise room brought in by the Blairs, worked the minimalist design of the Camerons and sported Theresa May's loyalty to John Lewis, all while remaining one of the most important places in British politics. But 150 years ago, Downing Street itself needed a renovation before it could house the government offices. My name is Dr Jack Brown. I'm a lecturer in
15: London Studies at King's College London. Uh, and in 2016, I was uh, the
13: first researcher in residence at Number 10 Downing Street. So, Number 10 Downing Street, I believe, has been around since the late 17th century, uh, still being used today, of course. And in many ways, it's a, it's a, a building that, that really isn't suitable for it, for its current purpose. You are absolutely right that it was, it was
15: constructed in the 1680s. But when it was constructed, it was not built for this purpose. It was built by a Sir George Downing, a, a diplomat and a spy and a serial traitor slightly dodgy man and it, it was built as part of a row of terraced houses quite cheaply designed to turn a profit really, to be rented to no one in particular, whoever would be happy to live there with the expectation that you know he would rent them out and make a bit of money from it and it was not designed was not intended to be the home or even office of the British Prime Minister. This is something that's happened over time. So you're right, it's not necessarily suitable for its current purpose because it wasn't designed for its current purpose.
13: And of course the front is so iconic, isn't it? Especially with those uh, shiny black doors that we're so familiar with. But behind the black door, I guess the building has changed a a huge amount over the years.
15: Yes, so when the first Prime
13: Minister moved in seventeen.
15: 32, the first Prime Minister, Sir Robert Walpole, was, was given the house as a gift by the king, personal gift. But he said, oh, maybe I won't accept it as a personal gift. I'll accept it in my official role as First Lord of the Treasury, which is why subsequent First Lords of the Treasury and the Prime Minister today is First Lord of the Treasury. This is why they have inherited it. He did this, you know, it sounds very altruistic, but he also maybe did this because that meant that the state would pay to sort it out. And that iconic, famous front door is on a small terraced house. that's actually joined to a much more impressive, grander house at the back. And that means that Downing Street, whilst it looks very humble from the front, it is a little bit larger and it is very kind of maze-like. Uh, very inconsistent in its design but it's got a lot more rooms and a lot more space than you would have thought when you look at it from the front and that's because of this historical accident because of the way it has been knocked together and ever since then it's been being adapted been falling apart and it's never quite been uh, in perfect nick again because it was not designed for its original purpose.
13: And what are the modifications to the building over the years said about the prime ministers who've been uh, living there?
15: well one of the one of the first things that 's happened, and this ha- it hasn't been really down to the Prime Minister but it 's more about how the role of the Prime Minister has changed is that the Prime Minister's living quarters over hundreds of years have been forced upwards into what is now a a sort of private flat a few floors up originally, most of the ground floor was part of a private residence and there was kind of one room which was the Prime Minister's study and as the roles got bigger and bigger, more and more responsibilities at home and abroad, you need more people to assist you and the the official bit of the house has has got bigger and bigger and pushed pushed the living quarters back. In much more recent history, different Prime Ministers, if you happen to be the Prime Minister who's there when a, a periodic renovation is needed, then you can have some influence on that thatcher for example was there when the state rooms which are the rooms that are used for entertaining guests um, when they needed uh, a kind of periodic refurbishment she had really quite intricate gold leaf put into the to the ceilings you can still see there today because she thought the place should be quite impressive she thought that foreign diplomats and you know uh, other world leaders should come in and go oh wow okay this is a serious country with a serious leader Whereas other prime ministers have wanted it to be much more humble. It's about highlighting that this is the home of the prime minister, who is primus inter pares, who is first amongst equals in the cabinet system and not of a monarch. You know, it's not the home of the queen or the king, and therefore it's not meant to be quite so elaborate. But generally, prime ministers can shape the decor quite a bit, and it depends on their personality and what
13: message they want want to send out. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about the personality of, of, of the Prime Ministers because some of them have felt more affection towards Downing Street than others, haven't they? Some have been really keen to move in straight away with the kids or whatever, others less so. Yes, well, some
15: of this is just to do with the uh, curious live-work nature of the building, right? That's not a, it's not a normal thing. I'm not sure that many of us would want to live at work um, you know, particularly in this, this era, era of working from home where we've been forced to, and I think we can't wait to get back to an office and have a bit of a dividing line um, between work and home life. But um, some prime ministers have really taken to it quite easily. Prime ministers like Harold Macmillan um, and Alec douglas hume who came after him, were kind of quite used to having, um, you could argue, to having servants, or to having people in the House so that they... are. Uh, Coexisted with alongside their families. There's meant to have been, you know, reputed to have been a very good family atmosphere during Macmillan's time, for example. You know, a little sign up saying, you can't ride your tricycle, grandkids, in the corridor on a Thursday because that's when cabinet meets. Whereas others, like uh, Harold Wilson, found it a little bit more uncomfortable, um, particularly his wife, Mer- Mary Wilson, was was not a fan of the lack of privacy. And they they had a doorbell put on the internal flat, so that they could actually tell when people, when civil servants or, or, or advisors were gonna come knocking and invade their privacy. So it really depends on your personality. But this is partly to do with the job of prime minister. And over time, it's become increasingly a really visible kind of 24 hour role, rise of the 24 hour media, the expansion of the state and the amount of things that you're meant to do um, so you you don't just have to do more work, you have to be seen more often. And it is an increasingly public role, one that comes with a great degree of limelight, which suits some and suits others less. And I think, you know, we, we have a constant debate about which prime ministers are more or less suited to that
13: that aspect of the role. And Jack, you say that you're number 10's first ever researcher in residence, which sounds uh, rather fabulous. What What did that Entail, and would you say that um, during the time that you spent inside Number Ten, you did uh, you did fall for it? You know, you became um, a, a fan of the building, or did you come away saying, "Oh, I never want to step in there again"? <laughs>
15: well, I think I, the, the first thing to say is that I I didn't live there. The in residence title is 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 one that I'll use very happily, um, but but they don't have space. It's one of the things about Downing Street. They the, the competition for desks. Is extremely high. What I would say about the building itself, which is the thing that I focused on, I focused on how it kind of shapes how we're governed, right? It's a small place adapted rather than designed for purpose. It is deliberately uh, humble to the extent that it's deliberately anything, right? <laughs> the whole thing's an accident. But the, the humble nature of it is something that I think has been um, deliberately endorsed and kept. And I think that does have a good effect on how we are governed, because it reminds the prime minister that they are just one of many ministers, that they are not a president or a monarch, and that they are just like anybody else to some extent. The grand staircase, which uh, you know is, is quite famous, portraits all the way up the staircase of the different prime ministers who've gone before you. And just stepping into that history, I think, reminds you that you are just one in a very important Uh, long line of successes but uh, but also that your time will end there as well you know make the most of it I think the history of it really does get into you and that does have a a, a positive impact Um, possibly a a little bit of a restraining impact uh, but that's not necessarily a bad thing on, on prime ministers as they enter that that historic building so yes I did I did fall for it I started off thinking this is ridiculous this is so you know so British, we just do things the way that we've always done it just because that's the way it's always been done. But actually, you know, the, there is something about the history and, and and like I say the humble nature that really I think is quite is quite significant and quite a positive thing.
13: Boris Johnson has said he will comply with an investigation into how the Downing Street refurbishment was paid for, but still claims he acted within party rules. And just to note, the Prime Minister will have the final say on any investigation into ministerial misconduct by an independent advisor. My thanks to Dr Jack Brown, Celia Sawyer and Anne McElvoy. You can keep up to date with events on our website and mobile app. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Sky News Daily Podcast presented by me, Jonathan Samuels, produced by Lauren Pinkney and Nicola Ayres with Interviews Producer Tatiana Alderson.
16: The climate crisis can be an overwhelming and emotional conversation.
7: We will not let you get away with this.
16: But it isn't just about cutting carbon emissions or reporting on disasters. On Sky News Climate Cast, we'll examine the big issues in depth with scientists, policymakers, and activists. Every week, we'll highlight how small changes can make a big difference as we look for solutions to climate change problems. Sky News Climate Cast. Listen, follow, subscribe.
3: Sign up for the newsletter so you never miss an update.
6: and have to stop here. If you have any questions, suggestions or feedback, head over right now to Twitter and Facebook and like, share and get involved. Join us next time.
0: Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so.